This week, we're taking the train to the Windy City, Chicago. We'll be discussing the unsolved Chicago Tylenol murders, a series of poisoning deaths resulting from drug tampering in the Chicago metropolitan area in 1982. Listener discretion is always advised. All aboard the Midnight Train. Hello, passengers, and welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. Yeah. You guys know what that means, right? We make fun of and joke about creepy stuff while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. Yes, we are a comedy podcast, or at least we attempt to be, and things can get kind of dark because we do talk about some dark topics. So if you're not into that, listen, we understand, but give us a try. We may be your new favorite thing. You know, it's it's possible. Moody's, Moody's working out over here. Oh, well, look at that. Yeah, Moody's back. Yay, I am back. I also have uh, somebody else here sitting with me. Hey. It's uh, the one and only Logan Sayer. He gets oh. another one, too. Hey. Of course, I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. Yay. Yay for me. <laughs> with the yay. Yay. <laughs> That's what I get. I get that one. Oh wait, oh wait. Yeah, I should do that one real fast. Hold on. This is this is for me. Yay! <laughs> or simply. Aww. <laughs> anyway, so listen. Uh, before we get into this stuff here, um, you guys should be signing up for our Patreon because we I uh, started a new little thing, and for this week's uh, bonus episode, it's going to be uh, another episode of F that guy. And it's going to be absolutely fun, and these guys are going to be joining me on that. So make sure you get over there. There's tons of bonus material, and uh, they're, they're just so much fun and so cool, especially for Icons and Outlaws. If you're oh, not yeah. listening to that, make sure you're listening to that. It's our music podcast, and we talk about music history and the biggest uh, and best uh, um, legends of the music. The most iconic. The legends of the music can world. I, can I formally request an episode? Absolutely. Which I have a feeling that you have in the back of your mind anyways. It's mm-hmm. not you guys. Can you, are you going to do one on Weird Al? Of course. Okay. All right. That one's going to be big though. It has to be because we record songs for each one of them too. We do a cover of one of our favorite songs from that artist. What would you do? We've talked about this (laughs) and I think it's probably going to be something like, uh, um, 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 I mean, you could do like Christmas at Ground Zero just because it's so corny and cliche. That would depend on what time of year. Biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. Fuck yes, Would be. That would be epic. That would be probably, that's on my list. That would be epic. Or what's the um, one more minute? <laughs> the ballad? Yeah. That'd be <laughs> Just to spend one more minute <laughs> with you. It sounds so good. Oh, he's basically, like, he's talking about what he's going to do to himself if he has to like hang out with her anymore or oh. be with her. He's like, I'd slash myself with a million razor blades and <laughs> like, it's just amazing. Oh, wow. Slam it's my hand in the door funny. again and again and again and again and again. Oh, yeah. can't you see what I'm trying to tell you, baby? And it's like a doo-wop thing. It's so yeah, good. It's, it's awesome. That's pretty Anyway. Cool. Excellent. All right. Well, you've, you've got my request. All right. So Weird Al is definitely on the table there. And if anyone else has any requests, just send that over to us. Um, so that's pretty much all the business stuff. It, it's stuff except that this is uh we're gonna take a break for next week because i am headed to the wonderful world of ireland just so you guys are aware Mm -hmm. 
John cares more about his mental well-being than putting episodes out for you guys. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, right now. Yeah. Don't worry. We'll I, I'm it. just, I'm really, I'm, I'm spread real thin, <laughs> real thin with two podcasts, doing the bonus stuff, with owning a business, with being a father, with being whatever. So yeah, I need a break. Yeah. So, um, but we will still have bonus stuff for First you. First of all, you're yeah. a deadbeat father, so it doesn't matter. That's true. Second oh. of all, you have a shitty bar, so That's that true. doesn't matter. That is also true. Third of all, how can you even afford to go to Ireland or Scotland or wherever you're going? I've been stealing money from you. Oh, that explains, <laughs> that explains a lot then. So yeah, we're going to be taking a, uh, a break for next week, but it's literally like the second week we've ever yeah, I missed. I, if even. I, I, like, literally, like I can't that. remember when we missed it. Yeah, I, I think there was one. We the last, always try to get it. I think it was right. the last time that you went on vacation. I think that was when uh, you had that Colt 45 that you had to, you know, enjoy. Oh, oh you know uh, what? I think you did. Yeah. yeah maybe. He technically didn't take the week off, though. It was just like a day or two right. hiatus. Right. Yeah. So anyway, that's happening. Sign up for our <laughs> Patreon. Just go over to uh, either the midnighttrainpodcast.com or go to accidentaldads.com or go to iconsandoutlaws.com or you can just go over to patreon.com forward slash accidentaldads and do that. And we'll talk more about that at the end because I feel like I'm talking too fast. <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, I got a beer in my ever, hand. And, uh, you guys ever wonder why some of our episodes are so short? It's because fuck motor mouth over here <laughs> just flies through ah, that's you remember the guy that used to do the micro machines commercials yeah, yeah. that's you well uh, i told you where uh bill one day was like dude you just talk so fast <laughs> and i'm like yeah i know i do i really got to work on it turns out turns out that his uh his uh podcast, was he on like one and a half it was one and a half <laughs> and he didn't realize that it was on one and a half he just thought i was talking because i talk fast in real life anyway if you're new here that's why, what why happens your new episodes only a half hour long <laughs> sorry we're gonna save the rest of the business shizzing it until the end so let's uh yeah you know let's uh turn down the lights okay adjust our seats all right grab a drink boom and let's get creepy. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful motherfuckers. Done with the, uh, the pad today. Are you just saying fuck computers all together now? Yes, I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> is, that a, is that a Mac? Yeah. Very nice. That beats badass. We got Logan over here showing off his guns. Oh, yeah. I got half naked just for you. I was thinking about start wearing white beaters all the time. Yeah. Just because I would look amazing wearing white beaters. <laughs> we should just get tank tops. Yeah. Like bro tank tops. The ones that look like the really long. Yeah, <laughs> the bro cut. <laughs> the workout ones. The all right. So hopefully you guys are hyped up. This kind of, and this is a little bit of a sensitive subject Woo! here, but it uh, happened Wait, a long time ago and a little oh. bit. Yeah. But I, I honestly forgot what we were doing for a second. Oh, That's why I asked. Yeah. I was like, wait, is it? What are we doing? <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, a little little touchy, as most I? true crime is. So is. today on the train, we figured we'd go back to the land of unsolved true crime, Woo. as we like to do on occasion. So as with all these unsolved true crime episodes, we like to bring these crimes back into the limelight and bring the stories back into the conversation. Because I've had multiple people ask me, like, so what are you guys doing this week? And I tell them what we're doing, and they're like, I don't even know what is that. Yeah. And I'm like, what? How yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yes, we, we like to talk about them because, you know, we, we just want people that maybe don't know about it or forgot about it to kind of bring it up, which uh, the bonus episode that we're going to be doing for F That Guy yeah. kind of leads uh, lends credence to that. So, Very nice. Oh, it's going to be fun. You guys Very are going to nice. love it. It's Sweet. about me, isn't it? it totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's going to be about Dre because everyone forgot about him, remember? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, once these stories stop, <laughs> getting talked about any chance of solving them 
it. it goes to the wayside and you know you just don't really have an opportunity here or it makes it harder at least so this one is a strange one for sure we're talking or taking a look at the well you know what are called the chicago tylenol murders okay somebody murdered a bunch of tylenol correct Interesting. Yeah, it's weird. Mm. It's very it's weird. Yeah. Now, are you familiar, Logan, with this? Uh, with this? I know topic. Tylenol. Yes. No. <laughs> really? <laughs> <laughs> no, but like the actual murders. No, I don't know anything about the Chicago Tylenol. Okay. No. All right. You were born in '95. Maybe. Right. Yes. Are you asking Jesus. or telling me? I'm telling you. <laughs> okay. I was 15 years old. Yeah, I was 19. Thank you. <laughs> You were like 38 at that point, right? No. So the Chicago Tylenol murders were a series of poisoning deaths resulting from the drug tampering in the Chicago metropolitan area in 1982. Oh. All right. All the victims had taken Tylenol-branded acetaminophen, um, you know, that you normally take on a daily basis, at least mm-hmm. here in the States. Yeah. I know it's everywhere. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, uh, unfortunately, somebody had laced with potassium cyanide. Ooh. All right. Bad, bad stuff. That is like an infinitesimal amount of that stuff will kill... You don't need a lot. No. Nope. No. So to date, no suspect has been charged or convicted of the poisonings. Nada. Really? They've had a couple, and we'll, I'm sure we'll talk Not about it. Not one motherfucker. Not one father mucker. What about a father fucker? There are several suspects. There are. Oh. And we will talk about them. We will. So the incidents led to reforms in the packaging of over-the-counter substances and to yeah. federal anti-tampering laws. So you know now how when you go in and you try to open up a bottle of Tylenol, you're like, Mother God, I can't get it open! This or is, a pint this, of ice cream. This is why. Yeah, this is actually why. It, uh, oh, really? Did you say a pint of ice cream? <laughs> yeah, because that chick who was licking ice cream the whole time, now they have like safety seals on ice cream cartons. You didn't hear, see that? It was like two, three years ago. What in the shit are you talking about? You never saw that? No. Well, I remember seeing that, but I i mean, every ice cream I've bought since then has been the same as it always is. Oh, uh, well, maybe you just get really crappy ice cream. I mean, oh. I do. <laughs> <laughs> store, store brand or no brand. <laughs> so the actions of Johnson & Johnson uh, to reduce deaths Johnson, and... Johnson, <laughs> the, uh, the actions of uh, Johnson & Johnson um, to reduce deaths and warn the public of poisoning risk uh, have been widely praised as an exemplary public relations response to such a crisis. That was a little too good. Thank you. Yeah. Can you. Can you imagine trying to get through a whole episode of that? Oh, my God. I could probably do it. <laughs> no, I mean, we could do it. Yeah. I'm talking about people listening. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They'd be like, I can't. I can't do it. I can't. Yeah. So, anyway, it, yeah, they did change their tactics on this. Um, and they, they lost a shitload of money, too. Oh, I bet. Not like, for long. Yeah. Oh, no. They lost a ton, though. So there were seven victims total from the original incident with even more deaths resulting from copycat incidents after that. Now, did we talk about some of the copycat ones in there? Yeah, I brought up like some the of Like the West Coast one? Yeah, there's some in there. I just kind of went through them okay. real quick. Honestly, I grabbed those from uh, Wikipedia because I was having a lot of trouble finding. Okay. Uh, like when I would when I Google search like copycat, yeah. like Tylenol murders, like it kept coming back to the Wikipedia and it was hard to find a lot of information on the individual Individual yeah. things, just all they good. Were, they we were love a Wikipedia. Like, a lot of like one-offs, mostly yeah. just like people trying to kill their spouses and shit. Yes, so. yeah, that one uh, specifically. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, I know all about that one. Um, yeah, so um, you know, uh, if it's wrong, blame the internet. Blame, yeah. blame the internet. That's yeah. it. So let's take a look first at the victims. <gasps> all right, the unfortunate victims. Um, yeah. First is Mary Kellerman on September 29th, nineteen eighty-two. Okay. Sad. So the first victim was twelve-year-old Mary Kellerman. Oh. Mm-hmm. A seventh grader at Adams Junior High School in Schaumburg and living in Chicago's northwest suburbs. She enjoyed horseback riding and earned extra money after school babysitting for neighborhood children. Oh, man. <laughs> this is already heartbreaking. You know, I mean, they're all sad, but like, yeah. this is like, really? Yeah. So Mary woke up um, early in the morning hours of uh, September 29th, 1982, feeling sick. She took an extra strength Tylenol to help with a runny nose and sore throat. Mm-hmm. 
At 7 a.m., her parents found Mary unconscious on the uh, bathroom floor. Her parents rushed her to the hospital where Mary was pronounced dead by 9.30 a.m. Her death was first assumed to be a stroke, which is weird. For a 12-year-old? I know. I mean, not that it doesn't happen, but that's just... I know. It's it's random. Would you go there first? That just seems... I guess depending on what like what, what the they could find, yeah. like you know, cyanide poisoning, I'm sure isn't the first thing they were fucking looking for. Yeah, they're probably yeah. not like doing. So I guess drug given screen. given like given like the presenting symptoms, that might have been the most logical guess. Yeah. Which I mean, yeah, if you've ever seen anyone like with like cyanide and dying from it, like I mean, I've seen it a bunch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I see it all the time. Yeah, all the time. Plus, in Chicago, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, her de- again, it was uh, first assumed a, uh, a stroke, but the uh, toxicology report and connection to other deaths soon proved it to be murder. Mm-hmm. Okay, she left behind her parents, Dennis and G- uh, G- uh, G- Gina or Gianna, J E A A J E A N N A Gina Jana 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 Gianna Jana It's Jana. Jana? Well, okay. John, Let's Jana? call her Mrs. Kellerman. I like that. Okay. I like that, yeah. Um, Mary Kellerman was nice. laid to rest in the St. Michael, uh, the Archangel Catholic Cemetery. So, unfortunately, 12 years old. That's horrible. <sighs> yeah, that's terrible. Then there was Adam Stanley and Teresa Janice. This, this one fucking, this is the one that we were just talking about. Yeah. Blew, blew my mind, dude. So, this is uh, September 29th, 1982. 27-year-old Adam Janice was the next person to die after taking extra, uh, extra strength Tylenol. He was the father of two young children and living in Arlington Heights. The day of his death, Adam thought he was coming down with a cold. He stayed home from work that day, and on his way home from picking up his, you know, his kids from preschool, he stopped at a Jewel, um, Jewel grocery store and purchased a bottle of extra strength Tylenol. Okay. Okay, as one does. I'm not feeling right. good. I'm going to go ahead and... Grab me some yeah. Tylenol. Right. That's yeah. why I buy the cheap shit, though, by the way, just so you know. You, no, it, no really, one fucks with the is Walmart. That really why no you one fucks with the Walmart. <laughs> is that really why you get the cheap stuff? ah that's hilarious so uh quote after taking several capsules he walked into his bedroom collapsed and fell into a coma he died in the emergency room at northwest community hospital that was sarah olkin from the chicago tribune it's amazing how fast that shit works too yeah Yeah. i mean that that stuff is no joke like you go to your cabinet you pop a couple you fucking swallow it by the time you get upstairs you're fucking dead yeah like what the fuck dude yeah that's uh it's and it's especially like uh, I just I does really cyanide f- fuck with you? Is that like a nervous system thing? I think so. Yeah, I believe so. So basically, it just like stops all your fucking yeah, breathing it just stops and all your, like yeah. your your vital organs, and you start foaming at the mouth and having like a seizure and oh, stuff. Good, good, yeah, good. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I I don't know to be honest with you what it is. <laughs> so like did, did did we already talk about or are we going to be talking about like how the the compound found its way in there? They don't know. Well, nobody nobody really know. knows. So then how do we know that was? I mean, toxicology reports, I guess, right? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So after the death of Adam Janice, his family gathered at, uh, gathered at his home to mourn and begin making funeral arrangements, right? Right. Stanley, Adam's brother, and his wife, Teresa, Adam's sister-in-law, were visiting with family when they complained of headaches and looked for a nearby remedy. Guess what <sighs> they grabbed, John? <sighs> yep. In Adam's bathroom cabinet, they found the same bottle of extra strength Tylenol because nobody's looking at a bottle of Tylenol right now. No. no. Exactly. You know what I mean? It's medicine. Right. They're better. thinking, oh, man, something happened in... Now I have to, you know, now I've got a headache. Yeah, I, they, I mean, at that point, you're like, they're stressed out. They're getting headaches. They're right. feeling like shit. <sighs> so moments after taking the disguise, cyanide capsules, Stanley and then Teresa both collapsed. Jeez. Yes. Fearing carbon monoxide poisoning, the rest of the Janus family was taken to hospital for observation. They were given their last rites, but did not die. That's crazy. The yeah. Whole, the whole family. Oh, my God. They're like, you know what? Just in case, yeah. we're going to give you your last rites. <laughs> You'll probably be all right, though. Oh, my God. So the Janices were survived by Janice, uh, Janice's parents, uh, uh, Tadius 
or Ted, and Aloja uh, Janice, niece Monica Janice. Aloja? A-L-O-J-Z-A. Wow, that's a weird I know, it's very peculiar, yeah. It's kind of, uh, it's, I like it though. Yeah, Aloja. That's how I would pronounce it, right? Yeah. Or should I say how my stupid person would do it? Alojiza. 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 Right, yeah. The Jizza, the Rizza. That'd <laughs> be amazing if she went by that. The Jizza? Yeah. Hi, my name is Aloja, but everyone calls me Jizza. That's, no. <laughs> and then she's like, <laughs> So also survived by brother Joseph Janice, Teresa's brother Robert, uh, Tara, uh, Tara says, Tara Sarwit, Tara um, there it is. There, there's my mouth. Her mother, Helena, Tara Sewitz, sure, and host of uh, other bereaved family members and friends, of course. They had a lot of people. A, uh, a joint funeral was held for the three Janus family uh, victims God, on October 5th of that same year with the Archbishop Joseph uh, Bernadin presiding. Adam Janus was laid to rest at Mary Hill Catholic Cemetery and Mausoleum in Niles, Cook County, Illinois. Stanley and Teresa Janus were laid to rest at St. Peter's and Paul Cemetery in Naperville, uh, DuPage County in Illinois. Can, hmm. you, can you imagine that, nope. though? <laughs> like, your son dies. Like, Logan, Logan gets sick. Yeah. He dies. Mm-hmm. You guys are planning his funeral, and Riley comes over with his his new fiance, right? Yeah. Yep. His his fiance. Oh, by the way, I don't know if I even mentioned like, that on the uh, show yet. Oh, but uh, like, you guys hey, remember Riley, right? He just got engaged. So I'm I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. How's that feel? <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good. All right, go ahead. But like just so yeah, you're you're you have a bunch of people over here right. planning his funeral. Yeah. And Logan comes over with someone his, surprisingly his died. You're already distraught yeah, as shit because it's your fucking son, right? And then like Riley's like, "Hey, Dad, we're not feeling too good. You got some Tylenol or something? We can, yeah, yeah. Here you go, buddy." And then like ten minutes later, they're fucking dead. Yeah, yeah. And then you got to plan a funeral for all like. But we're we okay. But we're as a that is brutal. Dude. Where yeah. where does your mind immediately go? Does it go to carbon monoxide or does it go like it no. makes? I mean, or, or does it go to holy shit? What are you well, drinking see, right now in I, your hand? I believe. I guess it makes sense though, because they probably had no fucking idea, and everybody was coming down with headaches. Yeah, and people are just fucking keeling over and dying, and like, I, like you said, nobody's looking at fucking bottle of Tylenol. Right. Yeah, that's probably the last. Plus, thing they I probably they probably didn't not know. now. It's not. <laughs> they probably didn't even know. They might not even have known that he had taken the Tylenol right before he died. Yeah, that's true too. Yeah, you know what I mean. They said they uh, saw it in the cabinet and probably just took it. Probably didn't even ask. Yeah. Probably just like, hey, I'm gonna take this time. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, again this on September 29th. Uh, Mary Reiner was happily married to her husband, Ed, and the couple had just welcomed their fourth child into the world. Already sad. She used Tylenol to relieve symptoms of post-birth discomfort. She just shot out a baby. Of course, she's... Yeah. Probably not feeling great. Great. So, like the other victims, Mary Reiner collapsed shortly after taking the fatally disguised dose of cyanide. Mary's daughter, Michelle Rosen, was just eight years old when she witnessed her mother's poisoning, uh, collapse, and death. Oh, my Lord. Mary's husband arrived at the scene shortly after. Oh, God, this poor guy. Quote, I came home right after she had fallen on the floor. An ambulance came and rushed her to Central DuPage Hospital in Winfield. I'm not going to say a whole lot more than that. That's Ed Reiner, as quoted by Chicago Magazine. Yeah, you don't need to say anything else, buddy. No. You guys. just keep it to yourself because I, I, no one can even imagine what someone's dealing with. In that. And then on top of that, he's coming to the realization that he's got to raise four kids without their mother and his yeah. wife. <laughs> oh, my God. He's sitting there like, oh, my God, my wife. Oh, my God. Wait, wait. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> that's That's got to be like... On top of everything else, though, man, like you just lost your wife, yeah. And then, like, and not even like in a bad way. Obviously, he loves his kids, and obviously, like whatever. But right. like, just like 
the weight of like your wife dying and then that realization that you've got four kids yeah. under the age of eight. Dude, your whole world's just that, gone. That you like now done. have to you now yeah. have to take care of all on your own. Yeah, what you used to you know, and that's the thing. Appreciate what you got, folks. Take for granted. <laughs> yeah, right? and people do take it for granted. On a side note, um, cyanide, how it works, yeah. prevents the cells of the body from using oxygen. When this happens, the cells die. Cyanide is oh. more harmful to Ooh. the heart and brain than to any other organs because the heart Basically and brain cuts off all your oxygen. uses all the oxygen. Wow. Yeah, so that's fun. Huh. Dude, that's nuts. It basically suffocates you from the inside out. Yeah. Kind of on like, a cellular level. I mean, that would make sense, though, for the carbon monoxide poisoning, though, because that's kind of like how carbon monoxide yeah, works. True. It replaces the oxygen in your yeah. blood. So. so cyanide itself is a chemical compound that contains the group C. Oh, it's got like three. It looks like an equal sign, but with three lines. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a. I don't know what that means. And of course, uh, this group known as the cyano group consists of uh, carbon, a carbon atom triple bonded to a nitrogen atom mm-hmm. in, in organic in inorganic cyanides. The cyanide group is present at the as the anion CN soluble salt. Oh, it's a soluble salt. Um, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. A CN negative is what that is. Soluble salts such as sodium cyanide and potassium cyanide, of course, are highly toxic. So that, there you go. Huh. That's what cyanide okay. is, I guess. I Fair don't enough. know. At least according to this stuff that I don't understand. Anyway. <laughs> So um, it's very scientific, though. Yes, it was good. Thank you. Good. Yeah, thank you. I have my I bet glasses you there's, on. I bet you there's like six people that listen to our show. They're like, oh yeah, right, right, okay. Yeah, yeah. You mean the six people that listen to the show? No, there's eight. Oh, sorry. The According other, to the newest numbers, the other two were like, <laughs> up that. <laughs> so, quote: Mary Magdalene Reiner grew up in Villa Park and was 100% Irish. That's amazing. Mary Magdalene Reiner. Reiner. Yeah, that's that's pretty. As devout right there. Yeah, dude. Rosen remembers her being a good cook and uh, preparing corned beef and egg noodles for the family. Oh, she also loved playing good. softball, the drums, and bowling. This, wow. This lady sounded amazing. She sounds amazing. Oh. How old was she? Does it say? Uh, it did not say how old she was. It just says that. Uh, find that out. It just says she was happily married on with her fourth child. Mary Magdalene Reiner. Yeah. So her death left husband Ed Reiner to mourn. And four children, including an infant son, to grow up without a mom. Man, think about that yeah, too. She like just had just that kid. had a baby. Yeah, oh my god! Uh, then there was Mary McFarland. And this Another is the, Mary. This is September thirtieth. So the next day, those other ones all happened on the same day. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. So they all yeah all the same all yeah four right. So it, 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 it four yeah four on the same day. Yeah. yeah. So if you think about it, there no, it'd be five total. It was the three the at the one girl, household, the, the little girl, oh, yeah, and then five, her. Yeah, so you're right, five. five. So they obviously. Was it all at one place that they all shopped at? Yeah. You know what I mean? And nobody's putting any of this together right now. Right. Nobody's right. even thinking about this. So then there's Mary McFarlane. This is on September 30th. Uh, 30, a 30-year-old Mary McFarlane was working at her job at the Illinois Bell in Lombard when she felt a bad headache coming on. According to her brother, Jack Eliason, Mary took Tylenol in the back room of her workplace and died shortly after. He told the Associated Press, quote, she went into uh, the back room and took I don't know how many Tylenol, at least one, obviously. And within minutes, she was on the floor. She was a single mother working and raising two uh, young sons at the time of her death. Her two, uh, two excuse me, two boys, Ryan and Bradley McFarlane, now grown, survived Mary McFarlane. Mary Magdalene Reiner. Mm-hmm. She wasn't. She wasn't even fucking thirty years old. Are you serious? She was 27, 26. Damn, they were working on that family young. Yeah. Four babies by 20-something? 27. Woo-wee! 27 years old. She's Catholic. She sounded cool. (laughs) She sounded cool as shit, though, dude. Yeah, yeah, she did sound super cool playing drums and shit. That's awesome. So um, 
uh, so back over to the other Mary here. She was also survived by parents John and Jane Eliason, brother Jack Eliason, and sister-in-law Nancy Eliason, and siblings. A granddaughter she had never had the chance to meet was named Mary in her honor. Ugh. Oh, it's so sad. Then on October 1st, this is Paula Prince. Paula Jean Prince, 35. Damn, everybody was so young. They were, yeah, they were all young. Was a flight attendant who worked for United Airlines. On the day of her death, she flew from Las Vegas to O'Hare International Airport. That's in Chicago. Mm-hmm. She uh, purchased Tylenol from a Walgreens on her way home. An ATM, uh, an ATM surveillance camera captured the purchase. Okay. Fucking Walgreens. Right. So exhausted from a long flight. Hold on, before I even go further with that. So this was at Walgreens. Mm-hmm. Right. That other guy stopped at some uh, a different a jewel. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. So that seems weird, right? Yeah, they were different places. Mm-hmm. Oh boy. Mm-hmm. So exhausted. Somebody sounded like they were just going around. Yeah. Yeah, or going it, it came from the plant. Yeah. No, no, no. We'll talk about that. I know, later. I know we do, but I'm just saying, like, initially, what you well, because it goes thoughts. from oh, like yeah, the manufacturing yeah. and then it goes to like packaging and then to like redistribution and stuff. So there's like two or three different stops that could hit before they, it goes they, to the. They figured it out. They, we'll talk about it yeah. later. Oh, about, okay, 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 they, okay. they basically figured out that it didn't come, it came after everything had left. Gotcha. So yeah. who did left it? Left the factory. We know who did it? Yeah, we're figuring, we'll, we'll get there. Sure? <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. So exhausted from a long flight, Paula took Tylenol, of course, to relieve the symptoms of a cold as she got ready for bed. She was found dead in her apartment, and an open bottle of Tylenol was found on her bathroom counter. While Dude, other she victims... Just, she just laid down to fucking sleep and didn't yeah, wake up, man. Like, probably popped it, turned around, probably drank some water, yeah, lay down for a second, and that's it. While other victims of the Tylenol scare were from the suburbs of Chicago, Paula was the only victim to live in the city. All right? <clears throat> okay. So the deaths of Mary Kellerman, Adam Janis, Stanley Janis, Teresa Janis, Mary Reiner, Mary McFarlane, and Paula Prince shared many similarities. All turned to Tylenol, a trusted, safe, and common over-the-counter drug, of course, as we all probably have, to relieve minor ailments, and they, you know, unfortunately died. Their stories are almost universally relatable. Who hasn't taken a Tylenol for quick relief from a headache? You know what I mean? Right. Like, I do all the time. Yeah. Um, the ordinariness of the circumstances, coupled with the heinousness of the crime, created a wave of panic in the Chicago metropolitan area. Now, I was pretty young at this time. I was... What was that? Eight. What, what year was it? No, I was Six. Yeah, this is uh, 82. Yeah. 82, yeah. I was two. Yeah, so, like, I I only remember this from, like, later years or whatever, you know? But everything I've read about it, like, people freaked out. Yeah, I can imagine, dude. Because, like, yeah, that's fucking nuts. You can't even go get medicine anymore. Right. So Paula's funeral was held in Omaha at the same time as the Janus family's victims. On October 5th of 1982, she was laid to rest at Calvary. Omaha? uh, In Omaha. Nebraska? Yeah, that's what it says. I wonder if that's where the family This was. is where she was laid to rest, yeah. Yeah, I wonder if that's where the family is from or something. Yeah. Um, and So she was lay, uh, laid to rest at Calvary Cemetery in Omaha. She was uh, survived by her father, Lloyd, mother, Margaret, and uh, siblings, Carol Lyle, um, Margaret Conway, and Robert Prince. All of the victim information from this was taken from uh, beyondthedash.com. Yes. Right. So next up, now let's look at some suspects here, since we know the unfortunate victims. Okay. First up, I mean, there's James William Lewis. Omaha's a city in uh, Illinois. No, but this says Is Nebraska. Really? Oh, did it say Nebraska? Yeah. Oh, well, there's Omaha in Illinois. Now. Interesting. Yeah, I, yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. I mean, it's, there's, there's... It's Omaha, Douglas County, Nebraska. Ah. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, uh, first guy up here, James William Lewis. Here's what we this know about, guy, dude. about Lewis, Mr. Lewis. He worked Lewis. as a tax accountant. So already, he sucks. I don't like him. <laughs> yeah. We don't like you, buddy. Also known to be a fraudster. Oh, he, uh, he oh, was. Yeah, okay. Yeah. okay. Frauds, a fraudster accountant. Say it isn't so. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> Handwriting was positively matched to that of two letters sent to Johnson & Johnson and the White House 
the Johnson & Johnson letter demanding an end to the poisonings, the White House letter threatening to bomb it and continue the Tylenol poisonings. Wait, what? Wait, what? <laughs> so he wrote two different letters. Yeah, yeah. One He's, saying... He wrote okay. one to Johnson & Johnson, uh, basically trying to extort them out of a million dollars, saying, you give me a million dollars and I'll stop lacing your Tylenol. Okay. And then he sent one to the White House saying... Uh, basically that he was going to bomb the White House and keep killing people with time. Okay. Yeah. I, yep. I mean. So he was at New York City with his wife during the time of the murders. Left the Chicago area in the early days of September of 1982. These happened at the end of 1982, early October. Right. Uh, he was able to show the authorities how an offender could hypothetically tamper Tylenol pills with cyanide. Oh, that's good information. Hypothetically. Yeah, you should probably know. Allegedly. Yeah. Claimed he did it to, just to help out. Okay. And this is typical of other offenders, such as Ted Bundy. When you know, Ted Bundy, he uh, he loved the limelight. Yeah. Okay. And absolutely, he was such a narcissistic butthole. Yeah. And he's going to be on F That Guy one of these days. Okay. Because he's the reason I actually started it, because so many people have infatuations with, like, these serial murderers and yeah, stuff yeah. like that. And to me, it's like, the only thing fascinating to me about it is the psych- uh, psychology, psychology behind it. Body, right. Yeah. Other than that. Fuck that guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So an unidentified man seen in a CCTV footage of one of the affected drugstores bears a striking resemblance to him. Okay. Oh. The man appears to have been watching victim Paula Prince, who was also shown in the footage buying the tainted pills. That's kind of fucked up. Mm. Super suspect. Tainted pills. Yep. Oh, oh, oh. Tainted I pills. I don't think that's how it goes. Sometimes I get these headaches. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, you get that out of your system? You nope. feel better? All right. Nope, it's still in there. All right. Sentenced to, uh, <laughs> he was sentenced to 20 years in prison for extortion and uh, letter and credit card fraud, but served only 13 years of the sentence and was paroled in 1995. What a pain. Yeah. In February 2009, his Cambridge, Massachusetts home was raided by the FBI. You okay over there? <laughs> it's, it's so short. <laughs> He's having my normal microphone. Oh. <laughs> Agents were seen leaving with boxes of evidence and an Apple computer. Oh. In 2010, Lewis, then 63, and his wife, like Leanne. Size of a coffee table. That's, that that's 2009. Oh, 2009. Yeah, okay. yeah, it probably wasn't too bad. It's probably one of those fucking colored IMAX then. Yeah. Oh, the clear, <laughs> the clear see-through ones? Yeah. Yes. Dude, I wish they would bring that stuff back. Ugh. That was in the day and age. Like, Nintendo was good. Oh, boy. <laughs> Young buck. So, anyway, so him and his wife, he's 63 at this time, in 2010, appeared at a closed hearing at the Middlesex Superior Court um, to determine whether they had to uh, have... Uh, to submit to the grand jury subpoena, which was a request to submit DNA. And fingerprints. Okay. DNA and fingerprints, yeah. According to sources close to the case, the judge ordered them to comply with the subpoena, and both James and Leanne Lewis turned over samples. Okay? Mm-hmm. This is according to investigators. Yes. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. But Lewis has always maintained his innocence in the actual poisonings of the Tylenol capsules. Of course he did. Right. When asked about the drawings, he has claimed he was only, like the letters and everything else, was only trying to be a good citizen by giving authorities detailed sketches depicting how someone might go about injecting cyanide into Tylenol capsules. You yeah. sure are tr- you're trying too hard. Yeah, all right? At that point, that's... That's suspect. Yeah. Mm. You would, yeah. Yeah. That just, don't do that. It's just like any, okay. They also say, too, when like criminals get busted or whatever, the more details they give, the more likely of their guilt. Oh, well, yeah. That makes sense. Also, always keep an eye on the guy that falls asleep in the interrogation room. Because mm-hmm. he knows he's been caught. He knows he's been caught. He can finally relax. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
normal person is going to be like, uh-uh. <laughs> no. see, see, Pacing back and forth. I no. I don't necessarily believe that. Well, they said that that's that's Because I'm a tired motherfucker. I'd probably fall asleep in there. Yeah, well, They'd yeah. be waiting, and I'd just be like, look, dude, I'm just going to go take a nap, all right? Like, <laughs> and I've, been, like, I've been here eight hours, bro. <laughs> they're going to be like, he did it! <laughs> like, I didn't do this shit, but I'm fucking tired. Can I get, like, McDonald's and a nap, dude? Come yeah. on. Well, this is also back in the day, too, where, you know, I think things are a lot more scientific now than they were back then. But that's, yes. that's basically what they say or Duck, said. Science is the devil. That's right. <laughs> so, quote, I could tell you how Julius Caesar was killed, but that does not mean I was the killer, Lewis told the Chicago Tribune in a 1992 jailhouse interview. That's dumb. Wait, how do you? What? Yeah. Saying, like, I could show you how he was killed. It doesn't mean I did it. Of course not. No. He's already fucking dead. Well, and, you, that, and you've read about it your entire yeah, life. Yeah, like, shit. And that up. was a knife, not a yeah. bottle cap coming up my face. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> so pressed as to why he and his wife would have been subpoenaed for DNA if they were innocent, Lewis declined to comment. But of course he did. Oh, well. According to the Daily Herald in Chicago in the 2010 new scientific technology available to analyze a smudge on one of the original Tylenol capsules could capsules uh, ca- capsules bottles <laughs> could help establish a link between Lewis and the crimes. Ooh. Of course, technology always advances. Yes. It does. Yeah. It'll catch up to you eventually. Yeah, eventually. The paper uh, quoting an ex-state official involved in the original investigation whose name was not mentioned because he agreed to speak only with a guarantee of anonymity. C-anemony. That's right. Said that, quote, advances in DNA <laughs> and fingerprint technology may make smudge evidence relevant Ooh, today. Smudge Ooh, evidence. Yeah. In receding to whether all the evidence collected could have been, uh, you know, bring about a trial, quote, the evidence investigators presented to prosecutors so far remains circumstantial, but it could be bolstered by statements from potential witnesses who have declined to sit for interviews, according to sources close to the investigation. Okay. Sometimes that happens, too. A lot of people don't want to get involved. Yeah. You know what I mean? I guess, I I believe it's this one. They said that they had two people, I think they had two people that were uh, basically willing to Identify like, like implicate him, but mm-hmm. then when it came time, they both backed out. I yeah, think it's so I think weird that was to be. Case. It's so weird to me how people do that shit. I mean, they get scared, man. You I get it, know. but what are you scared of? Especially if they know this dude. The like, conscience. there might be a lot to this guy that we don't fucking know. I mean, true. If he's a dirty tax account, he could be working for the fucking mob in Chicago or some shit for all we know. And then he went to New York after that. Like, come on, dude. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, you saying he's got connections? He might. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Get you whacked. Maybe. Sleeping with the fishes, see? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, see? So far, however, no decision had been made on whether to give the grand jury a green light. Sources say both state's attorneys from Cook and DuPage counties have been briefed on the evidence. Mm. The investigation handled by the FBI-led task force of law enforcement agents still centers on the same man, James W. Lewis. Sources tell the Sun-Times, okay? Yeah. So, so is he... I haven't heard... I, I couldn't find anything really after that about what was going on with him. So I think that was kind of the last thing that they, the last real big push. Um, really, I haven't, I didn't see anything after like 2013, 2014. Like I was looking up like like where he is now and what he's doing, and basically it just says he's living in New York or whatever. Like oh, being a fraudulent tax being account. a fraudulent tax account. Yeah, nice, nice, nice. Hanging out with the mobs and you know eating pizza. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> unless oh. I'm unless I missed something, which oh. is which is possible because I'm going to read know. this at the end of this. I just found something real fast. Oh. So anyway. So anyway, just saying here, in a lengthy chronicle um, um, uh, of the case for the reader, uh, Joy Bergman paints Lewis as a suspicious character, but not, aside from his extortion, necessarily suspicious of the Tylenol killer. Mm. Okay, so Mm -hmm. this person's saying, Mm -hmm. no. Mm -hmm. Lewis maintained he was, quote, a political prisoner, a scapegoat, and an all-purpose monster fathered by the wild-eyed, hyperventilated imaginations of two brutal men, Tyrone Foner and Daniel K. Webb. Fucking, it's always a Tyrone. Ooh, 
Call Tyrone. <laughs> Call him. You better tell him come home to get his shit. <laughs> That's Erica Badu, man. You have no idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, so they uh, they simply, quote, blew the Tylenol investigation thanks to, quote, bureaucratic blundering incompetence. Wow. Mm. wow. He's, he's all kinds of flustered, he? just he? sounds like an angry at the government motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah, he does. So McGar had already listened to Dan Webb reiterate Lewis's biography, the violence toward his own parents, yikes, mm. the mental hospital commitment, ooh, the Raymond West murder charge, what? Wait, what? The Kansas City fraud schemes for which he was convicted in May of 1983, and sentenced to 10 years. The fugitive flight, the extortion conviction, the breadboard schematic, the grandiose and quick-to-explode temperament, the innumerable aliases, aliases, aliases Jesus, and deceptions. Dude. Okay, so he's an asshole. Yeah, pretty <laughs> and much. he's still a tax accountant. Yeah, but, I mean, well, he's in, he was in prison for all that shit, so he was a tax accountant in prison. I would, I would say you're probably not uh, able to do taxes <laughs> anymore after that. <laughs> after you go to prison for that. <laughs> Unless you work for the fucking mom. Right. Well, yeah. So years later, some still show skepticism towards Lewis as the killer. All right. So this person, Superintendent, uh, oh, man, that's this name. Brzezeski? Brzezek. Sure. Says it wasn't James Lewis. James Lewis was an asshole huh? and an, opportun- an opportunist. He tried to extort some money from Johnson & Johnson, and he went to jail. He was in the joint a long time. When someone is in the penitentiary, you can go and talk to him with or without his lawyer present. And all those years, all the work on James Lewis to put it together, nothing. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this, uh, the attorney general. He didn't, he didn't slip. If he did it, he didn't slip. Right. You know? Turn, attorney general says, uh, when asked, says, uh, you know, do I think James Lewis was involved? I did, and I do. And the head of the FBI office here at the time, I can't speak for him, but I think he felt as I did. But we could never put him in the city in the places at the right time. Okay. Well, maybe, okay. you got to have d- concrete evidence, man. Yep. Concrete. Everything yeah. they had on him was circumstantial. <clears throat> so August Locallo here, lieutenant with the Chicago Police Department, says, I was the top man in the violent in violent crimes. I was the top man. <laughs> I was the top guy, see? You hear me? Everything came through me, That's see? Right. See? You see this badge? <laughs> I'll kick you in the dick. Top. <laughs> I don't know if he says that. Top men. Yeah, top. Top. <laughs> what kind of men? Top <laughs> men. <laughs> So, Lewis had lived in Chicago, and that's why they zeroed in on my unit. He was in custody in New York, Hello. and I was... <laughs> all right. And I was assigned Pop to go to New York men. to interview him. Basically, the FBI had him in custody, and by that time, we got to New York. Uh, he had his attorney, and he wouldn't talk to us. That was a futile effort. He's a con man, strictly a con man, and he'll do anything to get his goal. I really believed he might have killed somebody, but they couldn't put anything on him. So a lot of people still think this guy did it. A lot of people do. Some people don't. Like right. it's, uh, it seems like a pretty, uh, I don't know, man. Right. So interesting to say the least. Uh, why would this guy straight up, you know, just put himself in a crime for no reason? But a lot of serial guys do that kind of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah they do. They do. It's that narcissism mm-hmm. where they think they can a throw you off by helping being you. there by helping you, yeah. and b they want to see what you know. I just kind of yeah. want to know yeah, yeah. know what he told them about how he was able to. Allegedly, tamper with the. Well, he said a syringe. Right. I did hear that part of it. Is it liquid, though? What? I think they were capsules, Mm -hmm. like actual uh, Mm -hmm. caplets. So, yeah, they were liquid. They had liquid capsules back then? Yeah. Oh, Jesus. No, we carved them out of stone and jumped on our dinosaur. No, but I'm asking (laughs) because, like, like acetaminophen and, like, Tylenol and all that stuff, it's it's like a powdered capsule. They come in so many different formats. Yeah, but I thought, like, fast acting liquid capsules was, like, a new thing, like, 2000s thing. Oh, what? Just because you're young, you think it all... Oh, yeah. Oh, 
good for you. <laughs> so I'm going to read this thing real quick. Okay. Um, so I found this on chicagomag.com, and it looks like it was from um, uh, this 2012. All oh, right. Okay. Um, basically, they're just saying, they're saying they don't think it, that it's him. Oh. So the uh, evidence investigators presented to prosecutors so far remains circumstantial, but it could be bolstered by statements from potential witnesses who have declined. Oh, we, we talked about this. Never mind. <laughs> My bad. I told you I didn't all find right. anything all after right. about that time. All right. So there's Jesus. a lot of people that say he didn't do it and a lot of people that said this he did. This fucking guy. This fucking guy over here. So there were a couple more suspects here. Oh, really? All right. There was Roger Arnold, the guy with two first names. Wow. Yeah. Never trust a guy with two first names. Except Ricky Bobby. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. <laughs> so Roger Arnold was a 48-year-old dock worker. He was overheard saying some, quote, suspicious things about the Tylenol murders in a bar. While the police were questioning him, they found several connections. He worked at a jewel warehouse with Mary Reiner's father. Ah. Adam Janis um, bought his Tylenol from a jewel convenience store. Right. Mary Reiner bought her bottle from a store that is right across the street from the psychiatric, psychiatric ward where Arnold's wife was. Ooh. Yeah, that seems kind of... That's odd. You know, in a t- in a city that big, to have that th- those kind of correlations with all those vi- that seems very fishy. Yeah, very fishy. See, Be- peculiar. Yeah. Very fishy. <laughs> the officers found how two crime books in Arnold's home, and there was evidence of chemistry as well. But yeah, you'd find that in my house, though. I mean, I have so many like murder novels and you got stuff. Chemistry books upstairs. Around. I actually do. Oh yeah, I loved chemistry when yeah. I was in high. Yeah, that was one of my favorite thing. Well, I mean, I have a lot of stuff on how to make beer, so therefore chemistry, chemistry isn't, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the evidence of chemistry included beakers and other equipment. Beaker. Along with a bag of powder that turned out to be potassium carbonate. Oh. oh. Potassium, potassium, it makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Arnold refused to take a polygraph, and there was never enough evidence to prosecute him. Mm. Okay. What a pain. Yeah, Arnold went on to have a nervous breakdown from the attention in the media. He blamed everything on a bar owner, Marty Sinclair. In 1983, during the summer, Arnold shot and killed a man named John Stanisha. He thought Stanisha was Sinclair. Oh, shit. He thought it was the bar owner? Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, oh no. <laughs> Roger Arnold received a 30-year sentence for second-degree murder, but only served 15 years of it. He died in June of 2008, so we're probably never going to find out if he did anything. Mm. That's crazy. Oh, my God. Can you imagine that mistaken identity thing? Yeah, just walking on the street, and he's like, you sold me out. Pow! And then, yeah, don't find out it's not you. That That's sucks. just crazy to me. Like, so, so real quick, sorry. Mm-hmm. The uh, the Tylenol gel caps Yeah. looks like we're, uh, we're actually made because of this whole incident. Oh, really? Yeah. So then what was he using the syringe for, then? Maybe, like... Like a powder? Like, like or a liquid that got absorbed by the capsules or something? Oh, like the tablets? Because it says yeah. tablets. Well, because, like, didn't, like, didn't, like, old Soviet, like, spies used to have, like, potassium cyanide capsules in their yeah. teeth? Yeah, like, and they their... would, like, chomp on them and... Can you imagine doing that on accident? Like, you're sitting down eating, and all of a sudden it's like, Toothpick, man, I got something like... like a tooth- <laughs> oh! <laughs> Damn it! So anyway, uh, then there's Lori Dan. All right. Lori Dan. Not much evidence to tie her to the murders, but an interesting case with this one. Okay. Lori Dan shot and killed one boy, Nick Corwin, and wounded two girls and three boys in a Winnetka, Illinois elementary school. Ugh. Fuck. She then took a family hostage and shot another man, non-fatally before killing herself. My God, you don't really hear about women doing that a whole lot. Dan was born in Chicago and grew up in Glencoe, a north suburb of Chicago. 
She uh, met and married Russell Dan, an executive in an insurance broker uh, broker firm, in September of 1982. Okay. That same time. Mm-hmm. Same year. Yeah. But the marriage quickly soured as Russell's family noted signs of obsessive compulsive disorder and strange behavior, including leaving trash around the house. That's just being slovenly. Sounds like my fucking kids. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. She saw a psychiatrist for a short period, a period who identified her childhood and upbringing as a cause for her problems. Interesting. Lori and Russell Dan separated in October of 1985. The divorce negotiations here were uh, acrimonious, to say the least, with Lori claiming that Russell was abusive. In the following months, the police were called to investigate various incidents, including several harassing phone calls made to Russell and his family. In April of 86, Lori Dan accused Russell of breaking into and vandalizing her parents' house, where she was then living. Shortly after... I do know about this story, by the way. Oh, you do know? Now I'm getting it, yeah. Shortly after, she purchased a Smith & Wesson Model 19 357 Magnum. That is a huge gun, by the way. Yeah, that's a... That thing will tear your arm off if you're not holding it right. Whoever she bought that off obviously didn't ask the right question. Yeah, that's just big. So telling the salesman that she needed it for self-defense. You don't need a 357 for self-defense. I need a 50 BMG, but you don't see me walking around with yeah, that. you don't need that. But then again, this was probably back when Dirty Harry first came out. You know what I mean? Who? Dirty. I'm kidding. I know Clint boy. <laughs> right? Mid-80s? It might have been around that time. Yeah, I think Dirty Harry was 70s, though. So no, it was, it was, was it? Yeah, I think so. All right. Maybe she was just a big fan. Yeah, well, there were no, multiple movies, though. I don't know. Anyway, so the police were concerned. Se- 71. Damn. I was way off. Hot right. damn. <laughs> Hot damn. <laughs> so the police were concerned about her gun ownership and unsuccessfully tried to persuade Dan and her family that she should just give up the gun. Yeah. Obviously. For two, okay, a couple reasons. A, honey, you're a little unhinged. <laughs> you probably shouldn't have a gun. B, honey, that gun's too damn big for you. Yeah. Okay. Where did she put it? I, I don't know, but a 357. That's big. That's a big, big caliber gun. Yeah, and it weighs a shit ton. Do you think yeah. she said that shit to the guy before he, do you feel lucky? <laughs> <laughs> she goes in, she's like, listen, I was really thinking about a 357 for, uh, you know, for defense. And he's like, why do you want something like that? And she just looks at him and goes, I feel lucky. So there was there Punk. was another there was another Dirty Harry movie in seventy three and seventy six, and then there wasn't another one until eighty three. So that was like in between. Oh, eighty three, yeah. But I feel like I don't know, maybe I, I feel like they were relevant enough that maybe that was like maybe she saw a trailer or the guy was just trying to like sell an expensive ass gun. <laughs> right here's, like, a, oh, here's a dizzy broad. Let's sell her a three fifty seven. Yeah. Instead of hey, you know, you can just take this little thirty eight or a twenty two, and it'll do the <laughs> same thing you need done. Instead, right. take this hand cannon. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much what it is. Here's a blunderbuss. I, I don't know, man. Like, yeah, right. Here's a blunderbuss, right? <laughs> Muzzle loader. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Most like, thing in our cavalry. Go like for a 357 it. will literally shoot a hole through an engine block. And an old school steel engine blocks. Yeah. Or yeah. cast iron ones. You know what I mean? Like, either, it's just a big gun. So in August of 1986, she contacted her ex boyfriend, who was by then a resident at a hospital, hey. and claimed to have had his child. So she's just, woo. Again, mental illness, folks. It's a real thing. So when he refused to believe her, Dan called the hospital where he worked and claimed he had raped her in the emergency room. Oh, Oh boy. Wow. While she was holding onto the 357 Magnum. This chick is nuts. Yeah, she's definitely got a, she needs some help. Mm. In September of 1986, uh, uh, Russell Dan reported that he had been stabbed in his sleep with an ice pick. He accused Lori of the crime, although he had not actually seen his attacker. 
The police decided Bitch, not to stab me. <laughs> the, the police decided not to press charges against Lori based on a medical report, which suggested that she uh, or that the injury might have been self-inflicted, as well as Russell's abrasive attitude towards the police and his failed polygraph test. So it sounds like Russell might be kind of an asshole too. He was just trying to get her locked up. Yeah. He was probably scared. He was like, fuck this crazy bitch. I'm going to stab myself and blame it on her. <laughs> Wait, excuse, did you guys hear? She bought a 357. You know what I mean? Like, I don't have one of those. <laughs> I, like, I like that they were just like, <laughs> like, they failed to press charges because basically they were like, well, he could have done it himself. And he's kind of a dick to us. Yeah, so. exactly. He seemed like a dick, so I don't trust you him. You know, that, that guy's very abrasive towards us. I think we should just maybe not, yeah. not press charges on he's, this chick. Guy's kind of an asshole. Well, then fuck him. Maybe he deserved it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So Russell, again, uh, um, and his uh, family continued to receive harassing hang-up phone calls, and Lori was arrested for calls made to Russell's sister. The charges were dropped due to lack of evidence. How, how, is, how is there it, lack of evidence? I, I, is it here? Do they not trace phone calls in the maybe, 80s? Maybe they, I don't know. I don't know. Just before, like their, they could. just before their divorce was finalized in April of 1987, Lori accused Russell of raping her. There were no physical signs supporting Lori's claim, although she passed two polygraph tests. But polygraph tests are completely inadmissible for a fucking yeah, reason. And if you're a fucking loony tune, it's probably pretty easy to pass a polygraph yeah, test. Yeah, all you gotta do is believe the shit you're saying. If right? you believe it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. If you believe what you're saying, yeah. then you're fine. That's it. You gotta have conviction. That's it. That's you. If you I feel like walk I in. I feel like I could pass a polygraph test. I don't. Really? There's no fucking way. Dude, I am so good. You just good. get yourself really, 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 really amped up before you go in, and then as soon as you start asking questions, you start calming down. I'm so good That's at it. bullshitting, too. Like, I can make myself believe anything. Yeah, see, I don't have that sense of... Uh, Dude, I believe um, in... Narcissism, believe... indoctrination. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? Are like... you calling me a narcissist? <laughs> no. I mean, I am great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't... I, I guess I don't have the, the that type of self-confidence. You know I, I mean? do. I'm just an asshole. Yeah. I'm like, like, I'm I like have, yeah, no, I didn't do it. I'm like, like I have no problems talking to cops shit. and stuff like you that. You used to work in retail. I think you can handle it. No, I don't like it. No? Just because I work there. Notice I don't do that now. I mean, you still talk to people. No, not really. Oh. I've never <laughs> seen him talk try to, to anybody. You try to sell him good stuff, you know? I've yeah, never seen John talk to anybody. <laughs> ever. Not once. Anyway, we're in separate rooms right now. Yeah. <laughs> in May of 1987, Lori accused Russell of placing an incendiary device in her home. Okay. No like a it, fucking pipe bomb. And by the way, yeah, what is an incendiary uh, device? It goes boom. Yeah, it's basically a device that's supposed to explode like uh, in, in like a firebomb. Like a firebomb. Yeah. yeah. So no charges were filed against Russell for either alleged event. Lori's parents believed her claims and supported and defended her uh, throughout. <laughs> by this time, Lori Dan was Oops. being treated by another psychiatrist for obsessive compulsive disorder and a quote chemical imbalance. You think? <laughs> the psychi psychiatrist told police that he did not think Lori was suicidal or homicidal. No, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. oh, no, she's fine. No, she's fine. Nothing's, look, you have my word. Nothing's gonna happen. He's, and then you just look over and you see her tapping on her belt where the gun is. <laughs> Damn right, I'm fine. <laughs> no, she's good. She's good. They, they come back and talk to him after the incident. Yeah. He's like, I, I don't know. I never said that. Yeah, yeah. I felt lucky. I was talking work. about somebody else. Yeah. In the summer of 1987, Dan sub, uh, subletted a university sublet a university apartment in Evanston, Illinois. Once again, her strange behavior was noted, including riding up and down in elevators for hours, wearing, fun. wearing rubber gloves to touch metal, and leaving meat to rot in sofa cushions. I don't know about that. Part. Okay, she should be locked away at this point. I mean, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, seriously, somebody should take her and be she like, honey. She should be definitely under, like, observation. Yeah, we need to get you some help here. Yeah. She took no classes at the university, even though she was, like, subletting. Living in, yeah. at the university, yeah. In the fall of 87, Dan claimed she had received threatening letters from Russell and that he had sexually assaulted her in a parking lot, but the police did not believe her. 
A few weeks later, she purchased a 32 caliber Smith & Wesson Model 30-1 revolver. So now she's got... the 357? I don't, maybe, I don't know. Maybe it's Is she heavy. coming in like guns ablaze? Like... <laughs> <laughs> got two of them? Dude, one arm's like... <laughs> like, how could she keep... I got two guns. One for the Ichia. Anyone? Dude, if this... No, I Tombstone. Know. Yeah, I know Tomb- that. Okay. But anyway. I'm just saying, like, if this chick can shoot a 357... One hand. In one hand and a 32 cal in the other hand. She's not doing that. That's a fucking impressive. I mean, she's doing it, but she's not hitting anything. (laughs) She's not hitting anything. I mean, could you imagine that, though? Like, that would be scary as shit. Yeah. That'd be scary for anybody to do that. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let me get this straight. You you got a 32 in one hand Mm -hmm. and a fucking 357 in the other hand, and Mm -hmm. you're hitting everything? She's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe she uses the 32 to shoot and the 357 just to smack people with it. That makes sense. Yeah. Because it's big. Yeah. So with her condition deteriorating, Dan and her family sought specialized help. Good. There hey. you go. All right. In November 90, 1987, she moved to Madison, Wisconsin to live in a student residence while being observed by a psychiatrist who specialized in obsessive compulsive disorder. Great. She'd already begun taking uh, clo- uh, clomipramine. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah. A drug for OCD. And her oh. new psychiatrist increased the dosage, adding lithium carbonate <laughs> to reduce her mood swings and initiating uh. behavioral therapy to work on her phobias and ritualistic behaviors. And lithium is Ooh. good stuff. I was on that. Nothing like a little when lithium. When I was in my 20s, and I uh, I actually got like lithium poisoning from it. Yeah. Didn't Evanescent make a song called Lithium? I don't know. Was it about that? that? I don't know. Maybe. No, Nirvana had a song. Yeah. yeah Nirvana. Nirvana? Yeah. Despite the intervention, her strange behavior continued, including riding elevators for long periods, changing television channels repetitively, and an obsession with good and bad numbers. There were also concerns about whether she was bulimic. Dan, what does that have to do with it? I don't know. I, I, I guess is that is bulimia still is that considered? I would assume that's probably considered a mental illness, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a disorder. Yeah, it's like an eating disorder. Disorder. It's yeah, all, it's all yeah. in your head, bro. Yeah. So Dan purchased a 22 caliber Beretta 21A Bobcat at the end of December 1987. That's three guns now. Mm. Three. Wait, she that was her? Getting, she bought that? Yes. She keeps getting smaller and smaller. Yeah. Wait, they didn't have like background checks or anything back then? <laughs> she's they, locked up in a loony now? I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. We're not even going to get into that. So she's got subject. now she's got a 22, a 32, and a 357. Yes. Yeah, she's uh, stocking up over here. Hmm. So in March of 88, she stopped attending her appointments with the psychiatrist and behavioral therapist. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Perhaps I need the behavioral therapist. (laughs) So anyway, she stopped going. Not good. At about the same time, she began to make preparations for the attacks. She stole books from the library on poisons, and she diluted arsenic and other chemicals from a lab. She also shoplifted clothes and wigs to disguise herself and was arrested for theft on one occasion. Jesus. Both her psychiatrist and her father tried to persuade her to enter the hospital as an inpatient, but she refused. Then fucking lock her up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Sorry, she is a danger to herself. Yep. You know, and seriously, I know, I, I don't know. No, yeah, I'm not even going to say it. I'm not even going to say it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. I, I was going to say no, something. No, no, fucking say it. No, I don't want to say it. You open the can of worms. Well, truthfully, if, 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 if somebody, if you were acting like all goofy, it's just, I don't want anyone using this. Uh, nefariously, nefariously, nefariously. I, I don't think it's I don't think it's as easy as it used to be. We've talked about that before. We're, that one fucking uh, asylum that we talked about, where all you needed was two signatures. Yeah, right. Well, nowadays you all you have I mean? to do like, is say that you're suicidal. Yeah, you want to hurt yourself. Right. What I'm saying, yeah. you could, for me to get like, if, or like, if you thought that he needed to be admitted, it's not as easy as just signing your name and saying, "This is my son. Take him," or your wife or whatever. You know, what I mean, like it used to be. Yeah. 
Oh, no, so no, like, no, I know that much. But I'm know, saying if you have like an accusation and, and, and maybe some validity behind the accusation, then they will come and, you know, because if they'll put you on 72, um, uh, 72 hour watch. 72 hour watch. Yeah, yeah, they'll at least check out. You know, and maybe that's, and then maybe when she gets there, they notice, okay, she's off her fucking rocker. You know what I mean? Like, we've got to figure this shit out. Uh, yeah, Jim, that uh, that new girl, she was asking me for uh, spoiled meat and rubber gloves. Yeah. Anything uh, we. <laughs> you think she's okay? Should we let her go? Yeah. I mean, let her ride the elevator for a few She's only got a couple hours left i mean she dude, said she wanted to ride the elevator until she was time to go how many fucking times have we discussed or talked about where somebody was sh- showing a identifiable mental illness and it wasn't treated and they went and did something horrible you know what i mean fucking every day it, every day yeah. seriously that's why the united states is just fucking horrendous when it comes to that not gonna get into it that's a different soapbox sorry anyway yep so Dan continued to make numerous hang-up phone calls to her former in-laws and babysitting clients. Eventually, um, the calls escalated to death threats. Ooh. An ex-boyfriend and his wife also received dozens of threatening calls. In May of 1988, a letter later confirmed to have been sent by Lori Dan was sent to the hospital administration where her ex-boyfriend then worked, again accusing him of sexual assault. Since the phone calls were across state lines, the FBI became involved, and a federal indictment against her was prepared. However... The ex-boyfriend, fearful of the uh, publicity here and concerned about Dan getting bail and then uh, her getting bail and then uh, attempting to fulfill her threats against him, decided to wait until other charges were filed in Illinois. <laughs> he, so he's uh, he's thinking to himself, oh, yeah, I want to get these charges stacked so she doesn't get out and do anything. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, which I guess I kind of understand that, you know, because she's... she's I wonder how that worked out for him. She's nuttier than squirrel turds, dude. All right, so... In May of 1988, a janitor found her lying in the fetal position inside a garbage bag in a trash room. Oh. This precipitated a search of her room and her departure back to Glencoe. During the days before May 20th, 1988, Lori Dan prepared rice cereal snacks and juice boxes poisoned with the diluted arsenic she had stolen in Madison. She mailed them to a former acquaintance, uh, acquaintance, ex-babysitting clients, her psychiatrist, Russell Dan, and others. In the early morning of May 20th, she personally delivered snacks and juice samples to acquaintances and families for whom she had babysat, some of whom had not seen her for years. So she's going around like, here, guys, I made these for you. Like, a bitch, I ain't seen you in fucking 20 years. You're bringing me a fruit snack. What? Mm. What? I mean, if they're Gushers. But Gushers are good. I know. They were, they were Rice Krispie treats, you idiots. Oh. He said fruit snacks. She said oh. juice snack, uh, samples. Juice yeah. boxes. Well, whatever. But juice can be in a fruit gusher. That's why they're called juicy. Right. Yeah. So other snacks were delivered to Alpha Tau uh, Omega, uh, Psi Upsilon, and Kappa Sigma fraternity houses, and um, um, Leverone Hall at uh, Northwestern University in Evanston. Notes were attached to some of the deliveries. Drinks were often leaking and the squares unpleasant tasting. So few were actually consumed. In addition, the arsenic was highly diluted so nobody became seriously ill. Well, that's good. Thank God for that. Yeah. At about 9 a.m. on the 20th, Dan arrived home uh, at the home of the <laughs> Rush know, family. I want to know who was dumb enough to eat that shit. <laughs> right. Just sitting here looking at it going. I mean. Do you guys know this, Brad? I, I like I like I Rice Krispie Treats. Dude, not going to lie. This happens at, well, not, not this exact same thing, but like people at work will bring in just like random trays of food with like no covering or nothing, no packaging, nothing. Just random It's weird, plates, right? And put it on a plate and then put it in the lunchroom with a little note saying, eat what you want. And I'm just like, mm, that's got something and I'm going to die. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I, I, don't, know, I don't do no. that. I don't like that. Yeah. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. At about 9 a.m. on the 20th, Dan arrived at the home of the Rush family. <laughs> uh, the Rush family were uh, former babysitting clients in Winnetka. Mine? <laughs> to, you guys want to just have a conversation with yourself? Yeah? You sure? What? No, go ahead. No, I'll, no hold on. I'll wait. <laughs> okay. 
We were laughing. And this having, is why you're not allowed in here. I we were am. laughing and having a good time. <laughs> yes. The worst and you ruined it. I'll imagine that. <laughs> by actually trying to get through the episode. I know I'm such a bad guy. Yeah. Say hi to the bad guy. Hi. Just uh. because you are a bad guy doesn't mean you are <laughs> bad, bad guy. guy. <laughs> I know that movie. <laughs> so anyway, she goes to this house, all right? Former babysitting clients, all right? And this is uh, over in uh, back in Illinois here. Right. To pick up their two youngest children. Okay. Okay. The family had just told Dan they were moving away. Instead of taking the children on the uh, promised outing, she took them to uh, Ravania. Yeah, I think elementary school in Highland Park, Illinois, where she erroneously believed that both of her former sister-in-law's two sons were enrolled. So she thought that her her former sister-in-law's kids were at mm. this school, so she's taking these other kids to this school. Okay? Okay. She left the two children in the car while she entered the school and tried to detonate a firebomb in oh one of the school's God, hallways. What dude? the fuck? Yeah. After her departure, the small fire she set was subsequently discovered by students and quickly extinguished by a teacher. Can you imagine that part, though? Like, she's going in there like, everyone, everyone. And then she goes, and just goes. And everyone's looking at her like, lady, what are you doing? Someone just like walks over, just like, go away. Little dude walks over, just takes his juice box and goes, you know what I mean? Just drops it out. So she then drove to a local daycare attended by her ex-sister-in-law's daughter and tried to enter the building with a plastic can of gasoline, oh but was stopped by staff. Why is she able to do any of this? Yeah. Uh, next, Dan drove the uh, well, children. You know, what it, you know what it is? It's confidence. Is that what it is? Yes. This is why I couldn't you do act, this again. Once like, again. Act like you belong. You know? Mm. You just belong walking what around is it? a can of gasoline. Yeah. Fake it till you That's make it. it is. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. It's yeah. confidence. You got to have confidence. Why I I'm gonna try whether, that. whether you have mental illness or not, you just have to be confident. Is that what it is? And you can accomplish whatever. Okay. All right. Well. So tomorrow I'm going to come in with a uh, red solo cup and it's going to have gasoline in it. I'm going to walk in the bar and be like, hey, what's going on, man? How you doing? You know? Yeah. No, you'll be fine. Yeah. As long as you believe in it. As long as you believe in yourself. <laughs> you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> so <laughs> next, she drove the children back to their home and offered them some arsenic-poisoned milk. What the shit were the kids thinking this whole time? I just want to know where the hell she got arsenic from. Like, I know she... Like, she made it. She got it from, like, a lab or something. It said, it said yeah, that she created it in the lab or whatever. But, mm, okay. We're just allowing her well, to be Well, good thing here. Chemistry. The she boys... Probably, she probably stole it because they said she was stealing yeah, all kinds of shit. Seeing that, yeah, I've seen that. But the, uh, the, the good thing she is... she got in a lab, I don't know, but... The good thing is, so anyways, Logan, um, the boys, <laughs> they actually spat it out because it tasted like shit. Good, yes. At least someone's smart and eat yeah. bucket rice krispies. So once at their home, she lured them downstairs and used gasoline to set fire to the house, trapping their mother and the two children in the basement. Holy shit! <laughs> but they they got out. Okay, that's yeah, good. They, they did happen to get out of that. Yeah. So th- this is all. Why? Why is this? All of this happening? And no, nobody. There has to be fucking phone calls of the cops. There, there has, has to, be. to be. There's at least like I don't. I don't understand. I'm telling you, dude. Confidence. Is that what it is? I swear that doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> then she drove three and a half blocks to the Hubbard Woods Elementary School with three handguns in her possession. Remember, we know the three guns. Thirty-two, three fifty-seven. Right. Yeah. So it's like little, bigger, Can. big. Can. Yes. She wandered into a second-grade classroom for a short while, then left. Mm. Finding a boy uh, in the corridor, she pushed him into the boy's washroom and shot him with a twenty-two semi-automatic Beretta p- pistol. Ooh. Just some random little kid. What the fuck? 
Her Smith & Wesson 357 Magnum revolver jammed when she tried to fire it at two other boys. Thank God for that. And she threw it in the trash along with the spare ammunition. She could have just thrown it. She probably would have hurt him. You yeah, know, if she could lift it. You know why it probably jammed? Because she had like, did not shoot it. It was such a heavy-ass weapon. So it like locked up when it went to fire back. So like the bullet probably got lodged in there. That's usually what happens when like small people don't know how to wield a gun. Like you go to shoot it. And I, I don't know. I kind of wish it would have fired not at the boys, but maybe like you know, like backfired on her and smacked her in her fucking head. Yeah. yeah, you know, like in the movies, you, you know, yeah, knock her dumb ass out. Would have been smart. So the did boys, he, did, did that boy die? Uh, so far it just says shot. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sure it'll say that. We're gonna say that he lived. Right. Let's hope so. So they ran out of the washroom and raised the alarm. All right. They went over like smart kids. Right. She then re-entered the second grade. There's a crazy bitch in the bathroom. Absolutely. She re-entered the second grade classroom where students were working in groups on a bicycle safety test. She ordered all of the children into the corner of the room. The teacher refused and attempted to disarm her, managing to unload the Beretta in the struggle, which is awesome. Wow. So that means it's probably uh, like a semi-auto, yeah, right? Like, so it's got yeah. that little clip button like on the side. right now have been semi-automatic, yeah. yeah. So I just realized that this might not be the greatest episode to be doing right now. Yeah, as we're going through this, I'm like, ooh, boy. Yeah. yeah. yeah you listen, it's fucked up, yeah. but this is the kind of shit that fucking happens. Yeah. yeah. All right, it is. Um, and it's it, it fucking, it, and we're not going to get into it? Nope. nope. Not going to get into it. Let's nope. keep going. All right, so... Uh, she then threw a uh, or drew a 32 Smith and Wesson from the waistband of her shorts and aimed it at several groups of the students. She shot five children, killing eight-year-old Nick Corwin and wounding two girls and two boys before fleeing in her car. Could have been way worse. Yeah, dude, she's got some weird thing for kids. You know what m- is boggling? Keeps back to kids. Yeah. What's boggling my mind right now? <clears throat> Well, first of all, she didn't have any kids of her own, right? No. So mm-hmm. maybe she has an issue where she can't have kids, and maybe that's possibly. Some... Second of all, you really don't hear about women doing something to this nope. magnitude. No. No. You know, I mean, women usually kill for love; men kill for every other fucking reason. Yeah. You know, it, this is definitely like an outlier. Yeah, it's so crazy. So she was prevented from leaving the area by car uh, by car because the roads were closed for a funeral court, uh, funeral escort, whatever you want to call it. She decided to drive her car backwards down the nearby street, but the road dead ended into a private drive. Abandoning her car, she removed her bloodstained shorts and tied a blue garbage bag around her waist because that's not going to be fucking conspicuous. Jesus. With her two remaining guns, she made her way through the woods and came upon the house of Andrew of the Andrew family. Um, she then entered the house and met a mother and her 20-year-old son who were in the kitchen. She claimed she was raped and had shot the rapist in the struggle. This is why she looks like this. Okay. This is why I have blood on me. This is why I have a, a garbage bag. blue garbage bag around me right now. Jesus. Anyway. I mean, um, honestly, you'd probably be inclined to believe that, too. Yeah. Well, yeah. I could see that. You know? Yeah. And, of course, they were sympathetic. You know? And they tried to convince her that she <laughs> need, uh, you know, just just call the police and, we'll you know, sort it out. and say that you acted on self-defense because this is what yeah, happened. Yeah, they'll take care of it. Uh, Mrs. Andrew gave um, Dan a pair of her daughter's pants to wear. While she was putting them on, Philip Andrew was able to pick up and pocket the Beretta. Oh. He suggested that she call her family. Smart guy. Yeah. Yeah, real smart. Dan agreed and called her mother, telling her she had uh, done something terrible and that the police were involved. Philip took the phone and explained Dan's story about the rape and shooting, suggesting that Mrs. Uh, Wasserman come to get Dan. Mrs. Wasserman said she could not come because she did not have a car. Okay. But yeah, it was extremely smart of him to take that gun. Oh, like, for oh, sure. I'm going to go ahead and take this. <laughs> Mine? <laughs> So Mr. Andrew arrived home and they continued to argue with Dan, insisting she give up the second gun. Remember, she's got that other one. The other, the twenty-two, yeah. Right. Dan called her mother again, and this time, uh, Mr. Andrew spoke with Mrs. Wasserman, asking her to persuade Dan to give up the gun. While Dan spoke with her mother, Mrs. Andrew left the house and alerted the police. 
Mr. Andrew told Dan that he would not remain in the house if she did not put down the gun and also left the house. So he bounced out too. Dan ordered Philip to stay. Just before noon, seeing the police advancing in the house, she shot Philip in the chest. But he, but he managed to escape out the back door before collapsing and being rescued by the police and ambulance personnel, which is oh, awesome. Nice. That's cool. So That's he crazy. didn't die. He did not die. Wow. With the house surrounded, Dan went upstairs to a bedroom. The Wassermans and Russell Dan were brought to the house at about, uh, at about 7 p.m. An assault team entered the house while Mr. Wasserman attempted to get Dan's attention with a bullhorn. The police found her body in the bedroom. She had shot herself in the mouth. So, yeah, there's that. She did try and poison people, and she was definitely crazy. So was she possibly someone that was connected to the Tylenol murders? That is quite the rampage. Yes. Yeah, but that also seems like it's kind of a far-fetched like, idea yeah. that she would like go to this extent. But like, if, if, it's, like a, if it's a child like <clears throat> fixation that she has, why would she target children's Tylenol? Because your mama? Oh, Oh, I mean, that is a wow. firm case right there. What, I, for that. What the fuck? I'm just saying. <laughs> Jesus. It's, a, it's an option. You know what it is? Mm. Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> You're not allowed to drink anymore. Yeah. So she was definitely Done. she was definitely unhinged, and it, it, yeah. it, it, and it could have been somebody of that magnitude. I mean, yeah. And that's pretty much everything on the case right there. That I we feel know like, of. basically, I feel like they came back to her because of the whole poisoning thing, and then she was in the area... At the time of the the Tylenol things, like, like, wait a minute, do you remember this crazy bitch that tried to poison a bunch of people with like arsenic and all that stuff? Like, I mean, she was in the area at the time. Plausible. Well, can you also imagine being, say, the investigators that went and maybe maybe somebody said, yeah, she tried giving us something, and you know, they found out that it was like really light in arsenic. Which, if she did that numerous times, I highly doubt she knew how to use right um, the. Cyanide? Cyanide. Yeah. Like, if she can't... To a direct degree that they, that they used it. You right. know what I mean? Yeah, well, not to be... A but then, anything, but, yeah. but then all of a sudden, they're getting calls in that this lady is, you know, going around shooting, you know, Fucking people... Rampaging. And rampaging like crazy, and then they go back and go, wait a minute, that's the chick that everyone keeps calling us about, like, with the phone calls yeah. and this and yeah, that, yeah. and that, you know what I mean? Yeah. Ah, uh, you know, it, I mean, it happens all the damn time. There needs to be... Not doing it. Anyway... It's not a ton of information. Okay, no, no really. that's 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 about all there is out there, man. Like, because they have, aside from like the one dude who inserted himself into the uh, investigation, that other dude that was accused by somebody and then lost his fucking mind over it and then shot the wrong person. I still think it's the first guy. You know, like, yeah. I'm leaning towards that. I dude. mean, like, who just randomly, not necessarily randomly, but who just goes to the police and's like, hey. I were to do this. See, is but how no, you he would didn't randomly it. go to the police for right. that though, because he had sent those letters, and then he got caught, and, and then, then he had. That, it and he was like, "Well, if I was going to do it, this—I mean, it's possible if you did this, 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 and this." Yeah, that's when your internal uh, dialogue needs to go. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> The little devil and angel, the one dude's right. like, what the fuck? Yeah, shut yeah. the fuck? Yeah, shut, like, shut up. They're shut both, up. They're both, even the devil's like, bro. Yeah. bro <laughs> Too much, what man. Are you doing? Too much. Like, I'm all for this, but whoa. Yeah. So, in my personal opinion, it's it's that guy. Yeah. That but but also, too, it may be none of these people. Yeah. I mean, like, we literally be, have literally could no be, idea. Well, because there's be really anybody that was living in Chicago I mean, yep, even at that time, dude. Even if it were to be either the first two people, there's really no, like, reason behind why they would do that other than just pure crazy i believe yep. i don't know if we talk i think i talk about it though they have there's some speculation on what happened like some people think that it was um somebody targeting a specific person at first like trying to kill like maybe one person and then the rest of it was like oh fuck like i gotta up. cover everything else yeah. up so i'll just 
randomly. But the know, fact whatever, that, but. what was it, three or four people died in the exact same day in different households, though? Five. 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 So that's, yeah. That's well, two three in two, one household. Two, two different households, yeah. I feel like that's more of a coincidence, though. That that part is. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. like, yeah. who knows when they actually, like, you know, because the little girl there was Tylenol in the house already. So who knows when they bought that Tylenol? Yeah, but then you that know, means that the other the other people had you know the other guy bought Tylenol on his way home. Yeah, but like who knows a how long that shit was sitting on a shelf, right? Right. And b you know like you never know. Yeah, but it's it's very coincidental. Yeah, just because of the fact that they were all bought in different places, right? They were all taken you know randomly. Like I, I don't know. Like it's just it's weird. The it's same super day weird. the same day thing to me is just yeah. That's, just oddly, you, there's no way you could plan for that in different spots. Yeah, that's so. There's no way. There's no way you can plan that yeah. out. That's super strange. And you'd think that you'd have like footage and stuff. Well, maybe not all of them had footage, like video cameras and stuff to see. And I mean, at that point, one person go to all these stores at the same time. That was 82. So even if they did have footage, it was probably fucking grainy and real bad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the aftermath literally changed the way medication is sold. Like we were talking about earlier, McNeil um, Consumer Products, a subsidiary of the healthcare giant Johnson and Johnson manufactured Tylenol. To its credit, the company took an active role with the media in, is- in issuing mass warning communications and immediately called for a massive recall of the more than 31 million bottles of wow. Tylenol in circulation. That's good. Tainted capsules were discovered in early October in a few other grocery stores and drugstores in the Chicago area, but fortunately they had not been sold or consumed. So think about it that. Could've, it could have been worse. It could have been way worse. McNeil and Johnson, uh, or McNeil and Johnson and Johnson, offered replacement capsules to those who turned in pills. <laughs> Be like, nah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Nope. I'm, a, I'm gonna take ibuprofen. I'm, I'm, I'm all right. <laughs> no, these come straight from the app. Yeah, nope. nope, we're nope, good. Nope, we're, nope, good. Nope. we're good. Uh, but so you know, basically, they traded them in or whatever, and a reward for anyone with information leading to the apprehension of the individual or people involved in these random murders. So they put out a reward as well. The case continued to be confusing to the police, the drug maker, and the public at large. For example, Johnson & Johnson quickly established that the cyanide lacing occurred after cases of Tylenol left the factory. There you go, see? Someone, police hi- hypothesized, must have taken bottles off the shelves of local grocers and right. drugstores and Johnson, and, and uh, you know, where they developed new product, uh, whatever, you know and what I mean? Like yeah, swapped yeah. them out. Right, and swapped them out. So they, in turn, Johnson & Johnson, developed new product protection methods and ironclad pledges to do, you know, better in protecting their consumers in the future. Which, that right there kind of leads me to believe that it would have been, like, the second guy, because he was working at one of the distribution plants or something like that for one of the subsidiaries, that Jewel they, company they or think, They think that people took them... There, There's there's a lot of speculation that somebody would take them, like, either steal them or whatever, right. lace them, and then, and then take them back, them back and put and them back them in the yeah, store. Yeah, yeah, that's why I was thinking that maybe it would have been something like that, because maybe he, he had access. He had access to them prior to them going yeah. on the shelf. So Instead maybe, of going around stealing them, you could just... Take them, grab it out of the box, swap yeah. it out, put it in the yeah. box, and stock the shelf. Which I guess is still stealing, but you know what Technically, I mean. Technically, yeah, yeah. yeah. So working with FDA officials, they introduced a new tamper-proof packaging. I remember when this came out. It's when they put the little thing on the top of it, the little, yeah, little seal little seal on top, and you had the cotton underneath it or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. that's why the cotton's there. Yeah. Oh, no shit. They introduced a new uh, the packaging here, which included uh, the foil seal, seals and other features that made it obvious to a consumer if foul play had trans- transpired. Yep. Right. These packaging protections soon became the industry standard for all over-the-counter medications. The company also introduced price reductions and a new version of their pills called the Caplet. Yeah, a that's ca- the gel caps. That's what okay. I was talking about, yeah. Uh-huh. A caplet coated with slick, easy-to-swaddle gelatin, but far harder to tamper with than the older capsules, which could be easily opened, laced with a contaminant, and then placed back in the older, non-tamper-proof bottle. Right, so you would take the actual pill out and oh, put everything in right. there. Oh, right, because the older capsules had the like was, those little balls yeah, in them. That's why, I was, that's why I was so questioning so about... So somebody, yeah, you could open you those and like, put a little shit in. in there and yeah. Right. Yeah. 
Within a year and a half, uh, or within a year and after an investment of more than $100 million, Tylenol sales rebounded to its healthy past, and it became once again the nation's favorite over-the-counter pain reliever. In a year, by yeah. the way. That's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Well, because they jumped on it. They, you know what I mean? It's not like they sat there and were like, oh, what do we do? Yeah, they were like, no, yeah. we got to, whatever yeah. it is, well, let's and then, do it. You know what? You got to think about this, too. If they were the only ones with all that safety seals and all that shit for a while, people were like, well, I'm going to go back to them because at least I know that their shit's not fucked with yeah. anymore. Yeah, right. they're safer. Because now that people can't fuck with Tylenol, maybe they're fucking with something else. Right. right. Yeah, it's much safer. Yeah. So critics who had prematurely announced the death of the brand Tylenol were now praising the company's handling of the matter. Indeed, the Johnson & Johnson recall became a classic case study in business schools across the nation. The Chicago area laced the, uh, you know, in, with the uh, the capsules with poison, and then returned the restored packages. You know, whatever. So basically, they they, they it's now taught that last part. I don't even know what you, that's a fuck up in there. Sorry. Yeah, probably. Sorry. <laughs> so they they it's now taught in schools though, like you their know, response to a crisis. How basically. this is yeah, it's crisis. How to response. save your goddamn yeah, business? Absolutely. Right. So in 1983, the U.S. Congress passed uh, what was called the Tylenol Bill, making it a federal offense to tamper tamper with consumer products. In 1989, the FDA established federal guidelines for manufacturers to make all such products tamper-proof. And that's why we have them now. That makes sense. So, you know, like, it's one of those cases, this is one of those cases of, like, something really good came out of something really shitty. Like, it really fucking sucks, but, like, I mean, that's look how, what ha- like look what it did, man. It pushed reform, you know what I mean? Right, absolutely. Of, how a lot of products came to be the way they yeah. are now, which, yeah. man, unfortunately, someone had to be there to see the demise, but yeah. at least we learned from it and made it better. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. No, but for sure. I mean, a lot of products out there have been like, you know, what, I mean, look at even just milk. <laughs> you know, milk back in the day used to come in a glass bottle and they'd just sit there it, and hand deliver. Yeah, stuff. leave it sit outside, you know. And yeah, before every, they pasteurize it. Yeah, everything, everything yeah. kind of, uh, you know, gets better and better here. The so. milk, man. So now copycats. Hundreds of Daddy. copycat attacks involving Tylenol, other, um, other over-the-counter medications, and other products also took place around the U.S. immediately following the Chicago deaths. Jeez. Three more deaths occurred in 1986 from tampered gelatin capsules. A woman died in Yonkers, New York, after ingesting extra-strength Tylenol capsules laced with cyanide. Hmm. hmm. Excedrin capsules in Washington State were tampered with, uh, resulting in the deaths of Susan Snow and Bruce Nickel from a cyanide poisoning and the eventual arrest and a conviction of Bruce Nickel's wife, Stella Nickel, for her intentional actions in the crimes connected to both murders. So, that yeah, cunt. Yes. She literally did this because she saw the Chicago thing happen. Mm-hmm. It's like, ooh, that's a good way to kill my husband. And she said, <laughs> I want to get rid of him. Mm-hmm. And then there was an accidental person that took it. And then we said, fuck that guy. Yep. Yep. She's a, she's a rough one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That same year, Procter & Gamble's uh, Insaprin? In, 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 in Caprin? E-N-C-A-P-R-I-N. Why do I not know that? All right. Because you're not as old as Chainsaw. Okay. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? Well, it was recalled after a spiking hoax in Chicago and Detroit that resulted in a, uh, you know, a, just a lot of sales drops going on because someone goes, oh, hey, guess, guess what? And everyone's like, well, I'm not taking that. Right. You know, and a withdrawal of the pain reliever from the market. In 1991, in Washington State, Kathleen Daniker and Stanley McWhorter were killed from two cyanide-tainted boxes of Sudafed, and Jennifer Melling went into a coma from a similar poison but recovered shortly thereafter. Jennifer's husband, Joseph Melling, was convicted on numerous charges in a federal Seattle court uh, regarding the deaths of Daniker and McWhorter and the attempted murder of his wife, who was abused during the, the Melling's marriage. What a fucking piece of shit. Melling was, well, luckily sentenced to life in prison, imprisonment and lost an appeal for retrial. So he's Fuck fucked. that guy. Fuck yeah. that guy. 
1986, a University of Texas student, Kenneth Ferries, was found dead in his apartment after succumbing to cyanide poisoning. Tampered Anison capsules were uh, determined to be the source of the cyanide found in his body. His death was ruled as a homicide on May 30th, 1986. Anison. Anison. That's old school. That's old school. On June 19th, 1986, the AP reported that the Travis County Medical Examiner ruled his death a likely suicide. The FDA determined he obtained the poison from a lab in which he worked. Mm. So he actually did it to himself. He did it himself. Ugh. Don't like that. It's a nasty way to go. So there you have it. Those are the Tylenol murders, and that is, I just, it's, fuck. Yeah. It's not so, dude. Yeah, it's and it's just, it's not solved. It's no. crazy because they, they have no fucking idea. About None. It. I don't know. I'm starting. I'm kind of starting to lean towards that second guy. That first guy just seemed like he was talking out of his ass the whole time. Like literally? Yeah, like literally like, talking like out of his how, ass. Like, May I ask you a question? <laughs> like Ace Ventura? <laughs> yeah. Asshole! Do you happen to have a breath mint? Perhaps some banaka? <laughs> if she sees me talking to you, oh, your ass, I'm fired. You guys should definitely be drinking on that one, by the way. Yeah. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? Ta-da. Ta-da. So today on the, the movies here, we're talking about the top 10 medical horror movies. And I yeah. want to see how many of these we've seen. And I'm also... Say, I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't really look at the list, but I, I okay. have a feeling I've seen most of them. Okay. I know not all of them. Young Buck over here probably hasn't seen any of them. So I've what seen... What are movies? I've seen at least one. What are You think? Mo- I would put a dollar. Okay. On. What are movies? <laughs> Moving pictures. <laughs> That's old folk use, man. Do you guys watch them talkies? <laughs> I know what that is. <laughs> so uh, number one on our list, or not number one, the first one on our list is Session 9 from 2001. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. You have not. <laughs> a cleaning crew hired to remove asbestos from an old insane asylum. What could go wrong? The real star of the show is Brad Anderson's sleeper hit is its location. Danvers State Hospital, which we've discussed we've before. discussed it, yes. A terrifying real-life mental institution that birthed a, the prefrontal lobotomy and provided the inspiration for Arkham Asylum and the Batman mythology. Mm. By the time the credits roll, you'll be glad the place burned down in 2007. So I have not seen that one. No, I have not I've seen that. I've heard it. of it. I haven't seen it, though. Next up is Kayofu from 2010. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Also known as the Sylvian Experiments. You know what? This is going to be the dumbass movie that he's seen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've seen that one. No, I really, I have. Yeah. So this is a, a queasily effective J-horror film designed to linger in your subconscious. Directed by Ringu um, uh, scriptwriter uh, Takahashi Hiroshi, the film follows a rogue scientist um, who kidnaps victims to experiment on their brains to trigger hallucina- hallucinations of the afterlife. That actually wow. sounds pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah. that could be good. As is typical for most Japanese horror movies, the jump-out-of-your-seat scares are few and far between. Expect disquieting, grotesque imagery instead. Ooh. Sounds fun. That does sound cool. Um, The next one here is American Mary. I've seen... Have I seen... From 2013. This This indie sleeper is a proto-feminist horror tour de force. Wannabe surgeon Mary drops out of med school and joins an exploitive strip oh, no, club. I I've heard of this one. I haven't seen it, though. Only to dive into the grotesque world of extreme body modification. It's a transgressive, female-friendly take on the otherwise schlocky rape-revenge genre. And Isabel, with her icy demeanor and bright red lipstick, lipstick is a horror heroine to die for. Huh. Ooh. Okay. Ooh. I've heard, I have heard of that movie. Okay. I haven't seen it, though. Um, number, uh, the next one here, because they're not really numbered, is Infection from 2004. Is another J horror, okay? Um, it's a J horror classic. Functions as a gruesome oh. warning against hospital budget cuts. 
Uh, doctors at a Tokyo hospital are forced to turn away a patient due to cuts, only to find uh, only to find that their unit becomes infected with a mysterious disease. Ooh. Think viral thr- thrillers like Outbreak. Crossed with the skin-crawling visuals and evil nurses from the Silent Hill franchise. Yeah. Oh, boy. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. That, sound kinda that sounds cool. kind of neat. Next is Patrick from 1978. No idea. I, I don't know any of these. I know the next one. Uh-huh. So the list of uh, cult medical films wouldn't be complete without Patrick. This Australian B-horror with the irresistibly ridiculous tagline, quote, He's in a coma, yet he can kill. <laughs> <laughs> Featuring a supine psychopath with uh, telekinetic powers. Oh. Made after Australia introduced the R rating, Patrick instead gets its thrills by creepily uh, ratcheting up its tension. Watch out for young Charles Dance from Game of Thrones playing the resident mad scientist. Yeah, I don't, I I've don't never never watched Game of Thrones at all. Next one on the list, though, is Flatliners. Hey! Uh, this would be the original from yeah. 1990. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, thank you. It's a good one. It's a very good All-star one. All-star cast. You ever seen it? Uh, Flatliners. That's the one where they like try to, uh, um, like they, they, they go to the brink of death and come back and like they talk about their like what happens. Yeah, they basically kill each other and then bring them back. Yeah, I so haven't seen see the original. On, see what's on the other side. I, they were medical students, right? Yeah, they were doing it. Yeah. I heard a lot of bad things. I have not seen either of them, but I heard a lot of bad things about the newest. The new one, one I heard was awful. Every yeah. remake sucks. We I know, know this. I know, but I, I do not know about every it, remake sucks. Name 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 two. The Evil Dead remake was very good. Eh. And the video game. Would you would you say it was as good as the original? Well, no, they're never as good as the original. Well, that doesn't okay. mean they're well, bad. And what's the other question? Uh, <laughs> oh, obviously. The Fly. No, Ghostbusters. Fly's a remake. That's phenomenal. Oh, that's true. Okay. So now, if you're going way back then and then I'm doing it like in the 80s. The yeah, thing, okay, okay. The yeah. Thing. Nosferatu. The Thing. The, the, wait. Which? Um, John Carpenter's The Thing is technically a remake. Yeah, but it's it's just kind of the same ideology. It's not really exact. It's like, a remake of a 50s movie. Yeah, kind of. Meh. All right, I'll give it to you. Whatever. I'm just saying, there's plenty of remakes that are solid. I wouldn't say plenty. There's a few. There's enough. I'll give you that. You know, you know what makes you know what makes a good remake though? Um, confidence. <laughs> <laughs> confidence is you gotta have very sexy. That it's gonna be a good movie. So Flatliners is amazing if you haven't seen it, and I'm, I'm going okay. to assume that Julia, most of Julia our Roberts, listeners, Julia Roberts, yeah, and uh, Kevin Scott, Bacon, uh, yeah, and um, Kiefer Sutherland, mm. yeah. Nice. Is Kevin Bacon in that one? Yeah, Kevin Bacon's in that one. Yeah, that's right. Okay. So if you don't know this one, yeah, they basically, it says, don't tamper with the beyond, you know? So it, it follows five medical students as they attempt to induce momentary brain death before pulling back, all in the name of science. Boasting an all-star 80s cast of Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, and Julia Roberts, it's a magnificently schlocky medical blockbuster with a surprisingly heartfelt message. It's pretty Aww. solid. It's a good movie, man. Don't kill your friends. Yes. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Don't Don't try to be God. So uh, next one up here is Jacob's Ladder. Oh my god, I fucking love that movie. It's a weird ass movie. Oh, it's though. so good. It's though. a weird, weird. Because you don't know movie. what's real and what's not. It's one of those. Yeah. It's like yeah, he very. keeps going to his chiropractor and getting all fucking. It's crazy, dude. You've and probably never even heard of it. I actually have heard of Jacob's Ladder, but oh, I have not seen oh, it though. It's no. So creepy and good, dude. And it's also an amazing song by Huey Lewis in the news. Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, yeah. He's like, like, coming Jacob's Ladder. Yeah, it's awesome. Huh. Seriously, you thought it was bullshit. I thought you were. <laughs> Don't fuck with me, boy. Dude, boy, dude, it's fucking Huey Lewis. Yeah, yeah. I know Huey. Love Huey Lewis. Little baby Huey. What? No, <laughs> no. Wrong guy. So Jacob's Ladder. Fatal Attraction director Adrian Lin delivers one of the most mind-bending horror films committed to celluloid, and also one of the most politically engaged. 
Tim Robbins plays a Vietnam War veteran trying to uncover the source of his nightmarish hallucinations, an intelligent, surreal take on the trauma of PTSD and the military-industrial complex. Yeah, it's, sounds it's pretty good. good it's it's it's, it's, yeah. it's like it's when creepy. you're watching it, you're like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah. You get to a point in the movie, you're just like, wait, where am I? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Huh. What the hell's going yeah. on? Uh, next one, uh, 1963 Shock Corridor. For socially conscious directors like Sam Fuller, lunatic asylums aren't handy horror fodder. They're also microcosms of society. Okay. Ambitious reporter Johnny Barrett, who is Peter Breck, no idea, gets committed to a mental hospital for a story only to begin losing his grip on reality. His compatriots, a black student from an all-white university driven mad by racism and a former nuclear scientist who lost his grip. It sounds like an artificial setup, but it makes for a smart, engaging take on race relations and Cold War hysteria. Because it is the 60s, so yeah, that kind of makes, makes sense. sense. Yeah. Uh, next one up here is Lunacy from 2005. Damn. <laughs> what are you let Now what? I t- <laughs> typed in Peter Breck. And this is a... Hold on. Let me l- let it load. It's like going slow as shit because you have no service down here. I have... Well, I... Are you on the Wi-Fi? No. Oh. Duh. What's Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi? Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. This is the... <laughs> This is the picture that pops up. Oh, boy. What? Oh, boy. That needs to go up on our social media. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's going up there. Yeehaw, You're going to see him going, gee, 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 gee. <laughs> So, Lunacy from 2005, surrealist filmmaker Jan Zvank, Zvankmeyer. Jan. What movie? Oh, I'm sorry. What J- movie is this again? Jan? J-A-N? Jan. 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 What movie is this? Yanni Gogolai. Uh, Lunacy. Okay. So, it's Jan Zvankmeyer then? Is Jan Zvankmeyer. <laughs> Describe his 2005 film as a, quote, uh, phys- uh, phys- uh, philosophical horror, oh. more concerned with interrogating notions of freedom and oppression than jump out of your seat fright. That means that no one understands it. Right. <laughs> That's right. what that means. Loosely based on two Edgar Allan Poe stories, a young troubled lad is carted off to a madhouse where the inmates run the show and a man claiming to be the Marquis de Sade presides oh. over the fun. Jesus. Oh, boy. That actually, that actually sounds pretty uh, interesting. It's yeah. a madhouse. Yep. And last on our list, and probably one of Moody's favorite movies of all time, 1985, Reanimator. Ah, I knew I told you it'd probably be on there. And I'm going to assume you've never seen Reanimator. Who are we talking to? Yeah. You need to see this. You have to go watch it. You just have to watch it. Make a list. It's so good. And then put all those movies on I don't have that much paper. I was about to say, there's not enough ink in the world. Look, you know what? Just go up on on IMDb and start at A. (laughs) (laughs) That's a lot of fucking movies. start watching. Yeah, yeah, seriously. That sounds about right. All right. (laughs) So Stuart Gordon uh, from Beyond, Dagon, Dagon, whatever, Dagon, is uh, king of the horror comedy genre and announced his arrival with Reanimator. His delightfully crazed debut feature, adapted from a short story by H.P. Lovecraft, the movie tells the tale of a deranged med student, Jeffrey Combs, mm-hmm. and his sidekick as they try to reanimate the dead. There are moments of glorious bad taste, like a sexual act involving a headless corpse, you know, one of those. But Reanimator is a madcap, or is madcap fun. And it is. It's so much fun. And they had a couple of them, if I'm not mistaken, didn't it they? It was like Bride or Reanimator, stuff like that, yeah. The Brides. Have there been any remakes of the Reanimator? Not that I know of. Wait, have there been any what? Remakes. Re- uh, I, don't, I don't think not so. Not that I know of, no. There may have been. Mm. I don't know. I really don't know. You Did could you always, ever see, speaking, you of medical, speaking of medical horror, Yeah. I've been trying to find it on something like streaming that I can watch, but I can't find it. I'm going to have to buckle down and probably just buy it. Do you guys remember, well, you don't. Do you remember a movie? No, like legitimately, like this is like an old 90s movie. Do you remember, have you ever seen the movie Dr. Giggles? Oh, yeah. 
the fucking dentist or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> yeah, he's the, he's the heavy the guy. Played, it, it the was bad the bad guy, guy in Dark, Dark Man. Man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Dude, okay, I was just making sure. Oh, yeah. I fucking love that movie. Oh yeah, there is a uh, it's uh it's called Herbert West Reanimator. It's 2017. Oh, I'm, sure it's, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's awful. It's directed great. by Ivan Zukan. Yeah, it's awful. Yeah, it's, it's a you know why? Dude didn't have confidence. Right. <laughs> didn't have no confidence. So speaking of confidence, you should be confident to go over to our official website, the Midnight Train because hey. over there you can buy some super sweet, super sweet merchandise, and there's all kinds of cool stuff over there. I put uh the um. America's second favorite podcast. That's up there now, so you can get that. Those shirts are awesome. We try to keep everything affordable on there. If anything on there sounds like it's outrageous or whatever, let me know. I just go off of the prices that the place we go through give us. Yeah, yeah. And we're literally making, like, nothing on these damn things. Yeah. Just because we want you to wear them. Hell yeah. We're not worried about the the money side of it. Dude, I wear... I mean, I am, but not to that degree. Still favorite shirt that I wear is that it's another Mannequin Monday. Oh, yeah. Dude, I wear that to work all the time. They're like, what the fuck is that? I'm like, dude... The Mannequin Monday shirt's awesome, and I was just, because we always say it's never a mannequin. It's never a mannequin. Whenever you find something that looks like, oh, it's a mannequin, it's not a mannequin. I saw a post today on, like, one of the groups I'm in that was, it was like, am I the only one that every time they see a a trash bag on the side of the road just assumes it's a dead body or whatever? (laughs) Dude, I was driving, I was driving um, to work this morning and saw a bag in the middle of the road, and as I drove past it, I slowed down and was making sure it wasn't moving. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> poking it with a stick. Ow! <laughs> what are you doing? If I heard ow, there'd be a problem. Yeah, I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. So listen. Also, while you're over there, check out Doctor Squatch. Oh, yeah. It's the best soap, and I just got my new stuff in. And name oh, off some of those real quick. So good. You got, name off a couple see, of those. What do we got in here? I don't know. Just grab bagging it. Yeah, just grab bag. What we do you got, got? We got black hole. Black hole. That's a good one. Black hole soap. We got what? Mars no. bar. Mars bar, which is these are all that's the my space, favorite. Yeah. All the space themed ones. It smells so good. Area fifty one brick, which is fucking awesome. Yep. And then uh, what do we got? What's the last one in here? And this is like the space kit they have. Moon had, Rock. Right? Moon Ooh. Rock. And they smell so amazing. I and cannot wait to I use think them. Most of them have the grit too, yeah. Yeah. Three so of them are gritty. When we say and we promote Dr. Squatch, we're not kidding. We do. We promote it. We love them. Yeah, we, I, seriously, I love this stuff. And remember, listen, this is this is what men do now. Oh yeah. To smell good but still feel like a man. Oh yeah. Smell like a champion. Give you know yourself I mean? some confidence. That's right. See, exactly. Confidence in the If anything will give you confidence, it's Dr. Squatch soap. It will. Which is ironic that I Make use it and have none. <laughs> <laughs> no, I have confidence. I just don't like people. I guess that's it. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. So anyway, get over there. Get yourself some of that. And when you're there, just you know, click on uh, the little, uh, little sponsor thing up there. Get 20% off your first subscription, which I think we may be changing that up here soon. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We'll see what's going on. Oh. Um, and, but anyway, get over there. Get it's going to be 100% off? Get some, yeah. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Dude. Get some really, really, really good soap because it's awesome. And do me a favor. It's good yeah. stuff. It's soap. Sign up for Patreon. The Patreon, oh. the Patreon stuff is a little more on, you know, we kind of relax and just kind of do what we want and say what we want. Not that we don't really do that here. No holds barred. I do what I want. All right. So we can, you know, play music there if we want and not get in trouble for it. Yeah, we watch movies on there all the time, yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. Come there's, hang out. there's all kinds of cool stuff. So get over there for five bucks a month. You can get all kinds of cool stuff. But mainly the bonuses because it's awesome. Anyway, get over there. Get yourself some some bonuses. Get yourself some cool stuff. You know, yeah. the, mo- the higher you, there, you can get shirts and merch and all kinds of cool shit over there. You know, I have a really cool idea for another bonus. Oh boy! While you're on, in Ireland, we should give the Patreon um, viewers, you know, listeners, uh, me watching the Reanimator. What, you, why don't you do that? I think that'd be a cool idea. All right. I think you should do that. And I'll just you like, should totally just live stream it the whole time. Just a live stream and go. Ooh. Yeah. Ah. 
Moody, you're an asshole. <laughs> no, sit there and tell everybody as you're watching it. Like, watch Reanimator. Right. Give everyone your honest opinion of it. And then when we get, when I get back and then Moody sees you again, he'll slap you. Dude, you know what's going to be really cool? I mean, yeah. What? We're going to have Logan's movie night now. You're welcome. Yeah, you should do that. I'm going to discuss all these movies. I need a list. And speaking of Discord, right? Yeah. That's still I'm popping, in, right? Dude, I'm in it like every other night, whether I'm just sitting there right. minding my business. And or, how do they get to that? Uh, you go to Discord and you look up Accidental Dad's Discord, the Midnight Train Podcast Discord. There you go. Or you, you just that. look up my name is Good. I'm Over This and I'm in there. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. Now, also, you can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Spotify. Get us, get over there and rate us because you can now do that. And please do that over at Apple uh, Podcasts as well. Um, give us five stars. I know I haven't said that in a long time. It's helpful. But yeah, yeah give us five stars if you can. And, and if you can't, then don't give any stars. <laughs> you know what? If you can't say anything nice, then don't shut say the anything fuck at up all. and go right. away. <laughs> right. We don't just, need your goddamn negativity. Yeah, just just because that's so funny to me that people leave like And we don't get like a lot of like one star reviews. Because no, we're fucking amazing. Correct. Confident. But it's funny to me when um, when people do that. And I'm just like, why would you take your time? Yeah, why waste the time? Are you that? Is your life that boring? I mean, that you need something to do to try and like stir a pot. I mean, you know, I don't get it anyway. I mean, so listen, of course, we can't thank you all for all the love and support we've received. You guys are awesome. And I know it's getting summertime and everyone's outside or whatever, but get your ass inside or put some earbuds in. Go camping. Go camping. Get you, uh, get you a little Bluetooth speaker. Yeah, and uh, Bluetooth play us, play us around the campfire, bro. Oh, that'd be awesome. Absolutely, get your friends into it. Yeah. Hey, real get your quick, get your family way, into it. By the way, yeah. yeah. Did you guys hear about the guy who divorced his cross-eyed wife? Is this the joke? All right. Uh, I did not hear about the guy that divorced his uh, cross-eyed wife. It's because she was seeing someone on the side. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> So listen, I, I want to say one last thing. I know I'm going on vacation <laughs> next week, so we're not going to be here next week. And for those you of won't. you that have made it this far, right. Um, I do want to say something real fast since we kind of touched on what happened with the lady and the kids in the school and stuff. Yeah. What happened down in Texas is a fucking tragedy yeah. on every fucking standpoint of that. From I mean, from every part of that. Yeah. It's the most heartbreaking thing I could ever, I couldn't even imagine. In saying that, don't let this shit divide us and divide people we all we all understand there needs to be some sort of reform or something like that but yeah. but let, yeah. let's obviously i know everyone wants to like fight and stand up or whatever but everyone's got their and you should and everyone's yeah. got and we know. should and you should do it but do it in the right way yeah, yeah. don't make sure don't make get sure, pissed off at somebody and fucking want to yeah. fight them because make sure you're directing that to the right place correct right Take it higher up, not the dude standing next to you because right. people are assholes. Be fucking civil, man. If you're yeah. having a conversation, just be civil. Just with be somebody. civil. Yeah. That's it. And I mean, I'm I am a gun owner. Yeah. Okay. As I know you are as well. I but I do believe that there needs to be some fucking reform. Absolutely. A hundred percent. There needs to be something needs to fucking happen to stop this shit. Yeah. Because it's it's out of control, and that's it. That's all I'm gonna say about it. It's sad, and I, my heart goes out to. The, the family, the friends, the, the teachers, like everybody in this. Yeah. It's fucking horrific. So anyway, in saying that, I just wanted to say that before I went over to Ireland. Yeah. Because I might not come back. He's not coming back. <laughs> so welcome to yes. your new host of the Midnight Train <laughs> that means, Podcast. That means his plane's going to crash. It's possible. So, hey, remember what happened to Buddy Holly, you fuck. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. You uh, just like Buddy Holly. No, if anything, I'll have you ship over the uh, the board here. <laughs> I'm going to no, be doing it. Fuck that. You got to buy a new one. I'll be doing a satellite from uh, over in. Uh, That's fine. Yeah. Like, hey, guys, I'm over here in Ireland. I don't know why I sounded any and different. Like, than, <laughs> and then like two <laughs> seconds later, because of the day, delay, we'll be like, 
Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> so again, we cannot thank you guys enough. You were absolutely amazing. But I need to send a very special thank you to yeah. our fearless executive pre- Patreon motherfucking producers, you poopers, you beautiful sons of bitches. <laughs> to Amanda Denz, Chris Lucas, Zachary Danielson, Joseph Aramo, Margaret Dempsey, Kelly Ryan, Nathan Diekman, Hank Sanchez, Stussy Look Stussy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! Every week it's a different name. Every week. Wow, dude. So Stussy Laconin. <laughs> that would be Stacy, and I'm sorry for fucking your name, up, Stacy. To Nicholas Cooper, Caitlin McKinney, Trent Scott, Spencer oh, shit, Dunlap, dude. Jacob Cook, Maggie Brothers, Albert Lopez, Miles Campbell, Brian Guntzman, Mag- fucking shit. Well, I was gonna say Maggie Atkins, but Margaret Atkins, Colleen Cox, Pumpkin Close. Escobar, Mac Darty, uh, uh, Turner Cox, Sydney Sayer, uh, Gina Madison. Janice Sherrell, Chad Flint, Chris McLeod, Justin Kowalczyk, who stopped by the bar today, and Logan Hell actually yeah. got to meet him. Yeah. So thank you, Justin. Awesome. awesome. Yeah, he stopped in and uh, had a little bit of eatage. Yeah. Fucking tits, man. Got some footage. Fucking yeah, tits. to Rob Webb from the Fun Box Podcast. Woo. Thank you, Rob, for everything uh, you Robert. Do, you sexy son of a bitch. Check mm. them out. Christina Skelton and Jessica Bartolome from the Sister Skeleton Podcast. Not to be confused with the Sister's Skeleton Podcast. Which, which will be coming out later. This year. It's coming out later this year. Right. So uh, be on the lookout for that. To Maria Gibbs Chainsaw. What the fuck? Jigsaw, Rick Resler, Courtney Bachelor, Katie Brabenek, and Bill Birch, who I'm just about ready to go to Ireland with. And yeah. by the way, oh, good for you. That's what I'm saying. So spread the word. And if you want your name to be mentioned on the show and for us to be forever grateful because you are supporting what we do, become a Patreon producer. And we thought this was going to be a shorter episode. You're welcome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, a, you know why it was a longer it's episode. Not bad. It's not bad. Yeah, I think we're doing all right. You well, know why it was a longer right episode. Right. Confidence. Why? Confidence. <laughs> <laughs> we had the confidence to make it. Exactly. Confidence is very sexy. It's an actual commercial from back in the day. It is. Who, who was it? Uh, what the hell's that guy's name? He was a. Uh, he Most always played the kind. Con- no, have you ever seen um, City Slickers? City Slickers. It's fucking Jack Palance. Of course. Jack Palance. That's yeah. his name. Of course, I've seen that. Confidence. Was it for like cologne or something? Very sexy. Yeah. Except yeah. he had that real like weird. It's for like <laughs> like like Stetson or some yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> Sound like he was eating his face when he talked. Yeah, he was great. Dude. Jack Palance was awesome. Confidence, <laughs> dude. He was great in uh, uh, Young Guns as the bad guy. Oh yeah, yeah, he was the bad guy in that too. great movie. Yeah, Phenomenal. It was a good movie. You've never seen it. <laughs> Stop it. Movies. Yes, you have. I've never seen Young Guns or City Slickers. I have failed as a father. I swear to God. <laughs> I told you. Logan's Movie Nights. I told you. Yeah. You're, I told that you. seriously needs to happen. It's because you're a deadbeat dad. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> we, t- we talked about this earlier. Hey, you know why I haven't seen these movies? Confidence. <laughs> I don't think you can use it that way. It no? work that way. Oh, uh, that thing you say, uh, I don't think it means what you think. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. <laughs> All right, you guys stay safe out there. I will be back. And listen, I'll be in contact. You know, on on the on the webs and stuff. Social needs. Yeah. In Social fact, needs. oh, I forgot. I think so. We're doing a bunch of haunted shit while we're over there too. Yeah. And uh, perfect. And nobody has gotten this far in this right now either. Like uh, nobody's listening to this right. Sure. <laughs> oh yeah, no one's gotten this far. And if they have, you're sexy. Oh, so sexy. You're beautiful. Does this? Everyone turn? loves you. Mm. <laughs> send nudes. <laughs> Just send Sit me. on the speaker. Hung. <laughs> Is that Howard Stern? Yeah, remember. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so uh, we're we're actually hooking up with uh, the uh, what is the. The Ireland Paranormal Society or something while we're there. Okay. Yeah, supposedly. So that we're working on that. But we are going to a bunch of stuff, so I'll be posting a bunch of shit via the uh, the interwebs. Okay? Intra. Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. All right. Logan. 
And as always, man, get the fuck out of here. Oh. Go ahead. Shoot you, motherfucker. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Confidence. <laughs>